Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Greetings, Oglings. Uh, Cross Food Plane. Uh, and this show is dedicated to you, lost and you found sheep in the house of Israel. You chose the seat of Israel's race. Yehu to hear Christ call. Today is the 27th of May, 2018. And it's about 11 minutes. It's about that. It's 11 minutes here after uh, 7 o'clock. And we have Logan Hunter and you have Pastor Mark Listed here in southwest Missouri. Uh, today it was hot. It got, uh, you know, it got close to 90 degrees. Maybe, you know, maybe a little bit warmer. And what happens is I was racked up last night. I went and I tilled up. Oh, I got, I got a couple raised bed gardens that have been raised bed for a couple of years. And what I did is I pulled the grass out of it. I pulled the weeds. I pulled the pokeweed. I pulled the wild carrot out. And I went ahead and got my little uh, two-cycle mantis tiller, you know, grinding it up. So I went ahead and mowed some grass, moved the dirt from the very northernmost side, and I planted three of these self, you know, I mean, essentially I sowed some uh, Rutgers tomatoes. And Rutgers tomatoes were, I guess, bred or hybridized originally developed by the Rutgers uh, University of New Jersey. But That's right. Rutgers is the... Rutgers is the main canning tomato. It's not. It's no longer a hybrid. Essentially, what it does it makes about? You know, it doesn't make the big beefsteaks. But I like. Essentially, I like the Rutgers because uh, essentially you can pick it up before the slugs go and make a hole in it and rot out the entire fruit. Here, I, I like to take. You know, I'm, I also got some. I got some Cherokee purples. I've not done that, but I got some Russian crims. I love the taste of Russian crims, but they're a big tomato. They're a slow-growing tomato. I got some early, I got some early girl hybrids, and I got some bell peppers already planted. So what what happens is I bought some bell peppers, and I bought some uh, I bought some early girls. I got the early girls out already. And so rather, you know, to put next to the early girls, I decided to go ahead and have these home-sewn Rutgers. And what happens, I'd plant two or three per a styrofoam cup. I say, you know, I'm a hoarder. I saved the styrofoam cups, and what I did is I separated them, and I planted three of them. I went ahead and cut, you know, cut this grass, which, did, you know, had been cut about a week ago. It didn't grow seed. It's just simply grass and, you know, uh, clover, whatever. Went ahead and uh, made a little bit of it, put it, you know, went ahead and dug into the subsoil, dug into essentially subsoil beneath the whatever, moved the dirt to the side, and then I pushed it back and I planted three Rutgers tomatoes, you know, and what happens is today all I did was just water them. So uh, there's a number of things that are going on. That's what I was doing, and uh, what happens is it really made me sweat, and I... uh, I was tired. I was tired this morning. Uh, 
So I didn't feel like I didn't really get up till about oh the crack of noon or so, and uh, even now sort of laying you know in bed, which is fine. Uh, any case, I was uh, I'm looking at a uh, talk show show that I'm going to uh, do. It has uh, Billy Roper. It has uh, League of the South. Is League of the South characters in it here? Uh, let's see. Let me go ahead and give the copy to it here uh, in the uh, web page here. Uh, it has Zogbot Silly Roper. Now, I don't see why anybody trusts Zogbot Silly Roper because Zogbot Silly, or as I call him Zogbot, I call him Zogbot Silly Roper. I'm pretty sure he's a Zogbot. He, uh, I think he was with Rick Spring. He was with Rick Spring and pretty well stealing, uh, stealing, uh, well, in stealing, uh, let me go ahead and copy the shortcut, in stealing these applications that Pastor Butler had. So anyway, I'm, I've, Billy Roper went ahead and took it at Harold Covington, especially Zogmot Silly here, and in the movement, it's pretty well I understand that the, Bowel movement is dead. Old Brad Griffin, he's running off to, you know, talk about essentially early modern history from, well, essentially the Renaissance. Uh, You had a number of turning points in history. One of the turning points was the Black Death, which I believe was, you know, created by Yahweh to destroy, to destroy essentially the mongrels of both races, essentially of both seed lines. The evil seed lines, it pretty well killed, the, you know, partially Jew Michelings, and it killed the Quiggers who had a bunch of gook and a whole bunch of Jew and a whole bunch of other, you know, bloodlines. So essentially, it purified, I believe, that it purified the bloodlines. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you can see that all through the scriptures. I mean, last week we read in the book of Enoch where there's three abysses. Yahweh put the original fallen angels one-third in the abyss with Azazel Satan. Then the 70 judges were all wicked. Yahweh put all the, all the judges in a different abyss. And then the third abyss had hellfire, and that's where all the Wiggers and Jews are going at the final judgment, Martin. Well, and what was it, 79 and 80, or was it now, so, you know, 89 and 90? Wow, that was quite some. That was quite some prophecy that Enoch came up with, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was what it was quite a prophecy that Enoch came up with. So as a result, here uh, Enoch was predicting quite a bit of stuff which would happen, or so he said it would happen. And I believe that that was yes, quite a quite a prophecy. But in any case, you have Hill Covington, you have uh, Dr. Michael Hill. Now, Dr. Michael Hill, I'm not sure if it's Zogmot or not. Hmm? You can wait here. Uh, you know, what happens is that it's quite a, you know, Dr. Michael Hill has been playing for League of the South. And he's so like Covington, I believe that he has, essentially doesn't have any really ideas here. He just has a sinecure. And I was, yeah. thinking, I was listening to Harold Covington's last. I mean, they have no solutions, Martin. They have no solutions. They take quantity. They take uh, coal-burning whores 
and mulatto children and grandchildren into the congregation, and they take weak, weak white men or Anglo mestizos, not even pure white. I mean, that's all you find, Martin, is a bunch of wigger trash, Anglo mestizo, a bunch of race mixers, and they always talk about what they're going to do, but they don't, but, but they don't accomplish anything. And most of, nine times out of ten, uh, they accomplish getting people set up and thrown in jail or arrested or killed or in, in a lot of trouble. Well, yeah, that's what Zog Mott Philly does. He just—I've never seen him really accomplish anything. Uh, I am—you know—I call him that because I'm convinced that Zog Mott Philly deliberately uh, was with Rick Spring, who admitted a couple of years after everybody figured out he was a you know federal informant. Now later on, Morris Grant, who accused me of federal informant, got caught plotting to rob banks with some Anglo mestizo. Uh, for believing nose candy, and that didn't end up turning out right, now did it? You know what I mean? That no. turned out pretty screwed up. You know what I mean? But, hey, that's what you have in this wonderful Bible movement of ours, is you just have a bunch of idiocy is all you have, just idiocy, idiocy, idiocy. Time in and time out. And you can't, yeah, and the Jews are just going to... Uh, the Jews are just going to keep on sticking it to the, uh, to the Wiggers. I mean, we were talking about today... How, you know, the Jews get the lion's share of the welfare and the foreign aid and all that, and the, th- the thievery. And then, you know, all these other mamsers and third world country shitholes, uh, I mean, the white, uh, uh, the, all the white West European nations have allowed their countries to be taken over by white race traders and Jews, and they just keep on stealing from them and, and, and raping them. Left and right, and they most i mean most of them are just stupid wiggers live you know living in ignorance or 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 apathy or a combination of a little bit of all that they're just a bunch of cowards, and they just go along with it, Martin, they just think it's great well there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a backlash which is coming because a uh Especially a journalist who was telling the truth about these rape gangs, these packy rape gangs, these packy rape gangs. Uh, he went ahead and he protested. Essentially, they just, you know, just sort of like what happens with old uh, Kevin Lee Selby. What happens is that he just got simply rounded up and without really much of a trial, got summarily, got summarily sentenced to what? You know, 13 months in prison without due process of law, without without anything. Just simply, you know, you know just sort of like uh, Kevin Lee Selby did the same thing to me here when I wouldn't accept the public pretender. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. what you independent yeah. judges do. You have them just simply saying they are the law. Zog is the law. And what they, what they try to do is they try to do what's called a soft totalitarianism, but the problem with it is, there is no such thing as a soft totalitarianism. It's really just totalitarianism. That's all it is. There is no such thing as a soft totalitarianism. You'll either, you know, I might be a pussy totalitarianism, where they try to maintain order up to a point, and the problem of it is, is a soft totalitarianism is the worst possible thing, because all it does is essentially inoculates revolutionaries 
to where they actually do fights. They actually do fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and then when you I mean, if, things, if things get bad enough, if things get bad enough and stuff starts to collapse, there'll be a few wiggers that might stand up and fight, but I think the majority of them are just a bunch of uh, brainwashed and brain-dead cowards. That they are, but the, the, that's not going to save Zog. That's not going to save Zog at all, because what what it will do, what and, and what you know, what this mob movement is doing is really didn't it didn't it do a fairly efficient job of getting rid of a pencil neck little geek like uh, Kyle Bristow? You know, didn't it do a pretty good job of getting rid of that bastard? You know, hasn't it gone ahead again? Forced near lips, shit skin, you know, unibrowed, homosexual mongrel like Brian Rio, hasn't it again just simply shoved him back right into the corner? Hasn't it just simply run him back off again? And the answer is sure has. It is most certainly done gone ahead and, you know, essentially gut with these people by getting it. It's essentially put them back again where they belong in the market. You know what I mean? In the market yeah. of our bowel movement. So essentially with old Dickie, it was a good thing. It was a good thing that Dickie has been essentially outed and run off and pretty well made to where like pretending he's relevant here. I was I was reading I was reading some of the shit that was going on here. You end up having essentially what Zog is doing is Zog is running around pretending that, hey, guess what? We have freedom of speech, but here they are. They're having a civil they're having a civil lawsuit to keep, you know, essentially people who had you know, the Unite the Right, which was a fucked up mess here, and I said it would more than likely be one. You know, Unite the Right though did have a federal judge's court order. Essentially the city of Charlottesville and the state of Virginia decided to violate that judge's order and allow, essentially allow these people to be, it's sort of like the Greensboro incident. I thought the Greensboro incident would have niggers shooting down hoogers. But then it didn't work that way. Instead, what you had is that you had hoogers who showed up and essentially the truth come out it was closer to what, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I thought that maximum about 200 to show up. Essentially, that's about all it was. But you got to realize on the Wigger side, at least a third of them were Zogbots or not quite whites or something playing at, you know, playing at racial identity. You know what I mean? They were, they were not quites. They were whatnots, like Dewey Tucker like calls. I call them Namsers. They were, you know, managers and Zogmots and perverts and tars. And the only ones who were white who showed up, they didn't have the, they didn't have the balls. And once they got outed by a Jew, once they got outed by a Jew, what do stupid masters do? They go ahead and they shoot themselves. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go ahead, you ought to be at least as smart as the people in, you know, in shitholes like, uh, Oh, shitholes like, uh, oh, you know, under Saddam Hussein or Iran or Iraq, what the chance of Soviet Russia understands that, hey, you don't have any freedom of speech and you're never there. Do you know what I mean? 
Yep. It is it is people who believe that they have this shit that anybody who'd be able to go ahead and look should tell that you don't have any of. You know what I mean? I.e. freedom of speech. I mean, you don't really have freedom of speech, do you? If you can be arrested. No. If you can be arrested no. for essentially using it, then you know here. That's why that's why I'm telling you. The only freedom the only freedom you have is whatever the Jew controlled government wants to give you. And if you're a protected yeah. oh, I mean, Yeah. So that that's what I'm gonna say is that shoot look, let's not pretend I have any freedom of speech. Let's not pretend you want me to have freedom of speech. In fact, I am being, you know, six lawsuits and counting simply because these criminals at the Grandy City Council did not want to be ridiculed. You know what I mean? That's you know, that's the quote freedom that I got. Well, hold on. Let me go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and talk for a few minutes? I gotta go ahead and cut Roxy's. Well, hey, um, I've already posted. I've already posted the Book of Enoch. Let's go ahead and we're, we're, what we're on is we did uh, we did the let's see we did the Book of Courses of the Heavenly Luminaries. Now we're on the Dream Vision. Now we did the Dream Vision. So now we're on. Uh, Let's see. Now we're on the next one, which is 72. Well, 72, 72, 72 can kill, can, uh, concludes with the concluding section of the Book of Enoch. You mean start it? Well, no. Let, let's just let's just go ahead and you know continue to talk a little bit here about what is going on. Well, if you're going to be gone, okay, I mean, if you're going to be gone for a while, I was no, going just, to just for a just for a minute too, cutting up Roxy's uh, steak here. You know what I mean? Just for a second. But well, I mean, when you say a second, can you talk? I mean, I'm just because normally you're gone for a long time, Martin. Well, okay, I'm not going to be gone for a long time. Can you hear me? Yeah, I mean, basically, Martin. Basically, but listen, what we were talking about basically is this, okay? Um, you know, I've been in identity since about '89 or '90. Okay, I came in the fall of 89, and then I was baptized in the name of Yahweh in 90. I didn't get the full package until pretty much 1990. But the thing is, is that, uh, you know, Wesley Swift and them, he supposedly invented identity in the the 50s and 60s, and he never had over 5,000 on a mailing list. Mm-hmm. Um at, at least the Worldwide Church of God had a big organization. They had a lot of Israelites, or presumed that maybe they weren't all Israel, Israelites. Some of them were like Lamanites, like Herbert the Pervert's second wife. But the thing is, is that they at least taught uh, the laws, and they also kept the feast days and Sabbath. Uh, ever since I've been in identity, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think Swift and Comparate, they didn't teach the laws. They didn't keep the Sabbath. Now, I've kept Sabbath with well, two extra. I, I've kept... I, think, I, don't know, I think they sort of kept some of the peace things. Like, like I explained, I don't know. I've, never heard, I've never heard either one of I've never heard either one of them teach the laws. I know Comparate was a district attorney in San Diego. William Potter Gale sure didn't keep it. William Potter Gale attended some of the feast days with Noah Fredericks, and he got drunk. Uh, um, he used to bring yeah. a, a case of beer and get drunk. Yeah, well, Jelly, I've noticed, I've noticed in 
you know, I guarantee you the very first things to go is essentially keeping the holy days and then keeping the Sabbath. And then in many cases, well, including myself, when I was running around playing in the army for two years and rebelling against it, I mean the food laws go by the by the wayside. You know what I mean? So yeah. In any case, uh, pretty well though is that the holy days go first, and that's why that's why I wanted to do a that's why I wanted to do a. Well, essentially Passover, I want to do days of unleavened bread. I want to do, well, we did Pentecost on the 20th, remember? Yeah, yeah, I know. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to keep up, I want to keep up with what I should keep up, i.e., essentially the, uh, you know, the uh, laws of Yahweh here, myself here. And that's why, you know, I got to laugh at Billy Roper. He claims to be DSCI. Well, he is. He's a Darwinian seed line, confidential informant. You know what I mean? I mean I'm sure I'm sure he's a Zogbot. I'm very sure he's a Zogbot. He uh he was running around with this character named Rick Spring and everybody figured out Rick Spring. Now Morris Collette claimed Rick Spring was a, was a looked at as prison record and essentially, well, hey, this guy's a bank robber who hasn't served any time for bank robbery. Well, Morris Collette, he later became a Zogbot because he uh because he, uh, well, he got arrested for wanting to rob banks, and he might claim whatever the hell he wants to about why he did it, but the real reason was that he was a drunken crackhead. That's the real, that's the real reason here. And admittedly, when old Morris Gillette got off probation and decided to enjoy the Harold Groom's, you know, uh, you know, what, life of state, which goes ahead and gives him Ten to twelve thousand dollars by now a year. Yeah. This guy screw this shit. I mean, you can live off of ten thousand dollars a year. You can have a wife living off ten thousand dollars a year as long as you're living in essentially a poor state like Louisiana or Texas or South Dakota or Missouri. I mean, it can be done. It can be done. I mean, most people I've met, even in identity, they're very greedy. They always have to live in the city and have a real nice house and have a brand new car every year or two. And a lot of them are in debt unless they they come into a lot of money. Well, that's the exact opposite of how I live. I I live in a shithole like Granby, where you know, in many cases, the proudest claim of people who used to be who used to be living in Granby, used to be mayors or city council, is that, uh, hey, I couldn't do a damn thing with these idiots. And so I moved out as soon as possible. And now I uh, I live outside of Granby. You know what I mean? I don't live in Granby no more. I'm so proud of not living in Granby. So whenever you hear these idiots talking about how they want to raise property values, it's because... They want to raise property values so they can sell out and get the hell to Neosho or Joplin or Carthage or even that shit, beer shithole, Mexinet, I mean, I'm sorry, Monet. You know what I mean? They yeah. want to move out as soon as possible. You know what I mean? They do not like living in a shithole like Granby. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and the reason, the reason that Granby is a shithole. It isn't because of the stable lead. 
You know, actually, Granby used to be the cheapest place to live. But yeah. Now it's not so you know, cheap to live because of the feeding efforts of this current city council. And, you know, especially the crooked mayor, Travis Rampage Gamble, as I call him, Key Rampage. You know what I mean? Key Rampage, yeah. essentially, made it. I mean, it's, it's like this here. A house that cost $100,000, if there was one in Neosho, and there are some, Essentially, a hundred thousand dollar house in in the ocean is worth only sixty thousand dollars in Granby. Why is it? Because of the thieving, you know, the population of thieving, Anglo's, Diesels, and inbreds. That's why. That's why things are totally different. Totally different because of the misbehavior of these Granby criminal charts. You know what I mean? So yeah. Anyway. So you you get to where you realize something like that here, and uh, that's just the way it is. So, in case I'm getting my I'm getting my uh, I bought a whole bunch of uh, A1 marinade. It was on sale for a dollar ninety nine. It tastes like well, very thin A1 sauce. You know what I mean? So yeah. what I'm doing is I'm cooking the I'm cooking the steaks. In the you know, water and A1 marinade, and what happens is I uh, took the hamburger fat. I went ahead and seared the steaks. I seared the steaks so that they would maintain. They would go ahead and essentially you sear the steak outside. Yeah. So then, what happens is that it keeps it juicy on the inside. You know what I mean? Sure. So I so I go ahead and cook it here. So. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I used to grill a lot, but I think steak's pretty good. Uh, if you marinate it right, you can bake it in the oven or even fry it in a skillet. Well, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm cooking on stainless steel is what I'm cooking on. Uh, let me see. Where did that go? Where did that thing go? Here, I had it a minute ago. Oh, I had it. Okay, there it is. Oh, what happens is that we got a whole bunch of uh, potatoes. Essentially, she got, you know, she got sour cream and onion mashed potatoes. They're not really mashed. They're really, Walmart sold, you know, was selling a bunch of these uh, potatoes. And, uh, well, they gave them away. And essentially, Roxy's, uh, Roxy's worthless brother, Floyd, was there and essentially uh, they went ahead and they gave three boxes away. Three boxes away contained six packets. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I went and you know didn't talk too much to Floyd after Roxy's brother and his wife got there. Oh yeah, we saved some of that. So hey, good. good. Floyd does look after family. You know what I mean? It's just that yeah. Floyd is not good family. You know what I mean? Floyd is actually nitwit. You know what I mean? You know, nitwit, drug and drunkard or whatever who, you know, might have got hepatitis from this skank he was humping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, essentially, Floyd's a nitwit. Floyd is essentially a nitwit. You know what I mean? He's the, he essentially is the charge sheep of the family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. But anyway, we got some... Uh, Got six packets of uh got six packets of uh oh I'll get six packets of uh 
potatoes per box. I got three boxes, and I got boxes well, don't like it. What it was is it red potatoes, white potatoes, and sweet potatoes. And I thought that was delicious. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in any case, I'll turn the oven off here. So that's what I'm. Well, you know, I'm having uh essentially I'm just cooking up what's in my refrigerator, you know what I mean? I had to No, oh, this is delicious. They went there hmm? Hmm? Do what now, Mark? Oh, I'm saying this stuff is delicious. Wait, you want some more? Yeah, good play. Hold on. Did you eat your potatoes? Yeah. Hold on. Why? What do you like? What do you like? Sour cream and onion potatoes. Well, I'm sorry to hear it. You poor thing. Shit, my food's cold because, hey, you, you keep on wanting shit. Anyway. Now, I'm just uh, going to go ahead and give Roxy something else here. Hold on. Let me see. Okay, there's a lid. So, you still there? Yeah, Mark. Yeah. So, if you're... Uh... Are you, are, are you, you're just fixing Roxy's food, and you're going to come back to, I mean, uh, are you are you fixing to eat dinner or something? Yeah, I'm eating dinner now here, you know what I mean? Well, I'm making dinner, and so I, I'm essentially Roxy, she wants some more steaks. We had plenty of it, you know what I mean? Because I bought it last week for sirloin chips here for two ninety nine, and that is... Beef, which doesn't have a lot of fat, it does not have a lot of fat to it. It, it has a lot of lean to it. You know what I mean? No I'm sad what? I'm just, I'm just cooking in what I made it in. Essentially, they ate one marinade. You have gravy? No, I don't want to have no gravy. She, she, she wants, she wants, she wants, because she doesn't do anything. She doesn't have to do anything. You know what I mean? So it's easy when you don't do nothing to walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in any case. Uh, anyway, I uh, I went ahead and we'll make some gravy later on. Buy some brown gravy mix here. You know, it's uh, the more expensive stuff here. But anyway, now we'll have a, we'll go ahead and have taters and stuff like that. I bought some potato salad on sale, too. For three dollars a pound, so that was pretty good. You know, that's pretty good price here. Well, I oh, Zogbot Silly Roper. What he does is that hey, he's a. I'm pretty well convinced he's a Zogbot. What he did is he uh, essentially, I think he was along with Rick Spring from taking stuff from uh, Butler's desk and selling it to uh, the SPLC. And what he does, he gets people in trouble. I mean, he had he had this one card who followed them, and essentially they they held they held the meeting 
in this restaurant this guy had worked in for about 18 months. He was well-liked here. But then, essentially, the local Jews and Mamsers and Tars went ahead and found out about it. And, well, that, he, lost, he, lost that, you know, he lost his job as a result of it because the owner had to fire him because she didn't want to have a boycott of her place here because she was allowing white supremacists to meet at her place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Billy Roper gets people in trouble. And, you know, folks, anybody, you know, anybody. Well, most of these people, yeah, I mean, Jim Wilson got a lot of people in trouble. Um, he got a lot, a lot of people in identity. Um, a lot, lot of your white nationalists. I mean, I don't think Harold Covington is a Zogbot, but I think he he hangs out with a bunch of bad people. I, don't I, don't know know I think Carol. I think Carol Covington hangs hangs out with a bunch of wiggers and tarts, and and people like Steve Steve Elder and and Axis Skanky. She was a zogbot. Oh yeah, well she was a she was just simply a whore, just simply a mongrel whore. Into into well, having into running wild is what that bitch was into. She was into porn movies and she was into this. I mean, I think she. Had, I think she was a zogbot from the very beginning. She infiltrated his organization, and you know, she's done nothing but badmouth Harold Covington. She's done nothing but say bad things about him. Oh yeah, she. Uh, this guy named Dan Kleppis, or Colonel House, he called himself here, and Colonel House couldn't stand her because hey, he thought she was a spy. Well, guess what? Should have been listening. You should have been listening to Dan Kleppis. Because Dan Kleppis was 100% correct. That stank was just simply a mongrel whore. Simply a mongrel whore into causing trouble over nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what she was. And yes, a mongrel whore. Anyway, I'm looking at old Bill Zogbot Billy's thing here, and he takes a talk shoe show, takes a talk shoe show, and you know, with that talk shoe show, what he does is he makes, essentially he makes a, a video with pictures of himself leading retards, leading retards as part of this Tigger party, leading retards essentially into trouble. Do you know what I mean? That's all he does. Lead retards into trouble. So, uh, let's see. Okay, no, guess three. I don't torture Roxy here. She, uh, she gets, you know, she got fed first, in fact, you know what I mean? She got fed first, and she got stuck as a steak, you know what I mean? Steak is good for yeah. her. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't search for Rocky, but anyway. Let me bring, where did I, where did I put that? Okay, that part. Yeah, well, I'm making, uh, I'm making me some, uh, Making myself dinner, and finally I got to sit down and eat it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, Rox will want this, Rox will want that, and I'll say, "Damn it, woman! Why don't I get to eat, why don't I get to eat hot food around here?" You know what I mean? Yeah. No, lots of times I don't. But in any case, no, that's what I, that's why I was uh, a couple of critters are giving you props last week here. Prior to you know, they try to, uh, you know, well, what happens is that this one character called Tommy Robson used to be head of the English Defense League. 
he got 13 months in, you know, 13 months in prison, which might be a death sentence in a Muslim prison, because it's sort of like, well, niggers in the United States, Muslims make up a majority of the prisoners now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what, you know, my, my position is that, hey, these are false shepherds who are destroying, you know, who are destroying their people, and you need to treat them like they're traitors. You know, the yeah. only treason in the United States Constitution is not treason against the government, although that's what they try to make of it. It's essentially treason to act a war against the people of the United States and the states. So hey, underneath that, you know, the first Malaysian president, dishonest Ape Lincoln, was the very first traitor. You know what I mean? Yep. So... I don't know. I don't think Tommy Robson is Jew. I don't know if he's a man's or not. You know what I mean? Tommy, who, who's this Tommy guy? Tommy Robinson. He, uh, I've never heard of him. Uh, is he a white nationalist? I've yeah. never heard of him, Martin. Is, uh, huh? I've never, never heard, heard of Tommy him. Robinson. Who, who, who is he? Hold on. Let me go ahead and find the link here. Trad news. So you don't. So basically, you don't really even have contact with uh, Hunter Wallace much anymore. Do you still go on his blog site? Oh, uh, he, he's got. Well, Cuthair isn't doing anything about his blog, really. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go ahead and put a like about 250 people got outside the British Prime Minister's residence in Dynasty. Street. So, you know, yesterday to press the result, the arrest and imprisonment of liberal activist Tommy Robinson. He was jailed on Friday the 25th after reporting on a Muslim rape gang trial in Leeds during which he exchanged Angry words with Muslims. Now, you know, folks, if you go ahead, if you go ahead, you know, just like this here, you know, these perverts went ahead and bought sold my grandchildren. As far as I'm concerned, what's the only penalty possible for regime criminal traitors who destroy white families? And the answer is you destroy the entire family. You go ahead and destroy, you know, that regime criminal's parents for raising a traitor. You go ahead and Go ahead and possibly destroy the regime criminal's brothers and sisters, and you certainly destroy his children and grandchildren. You destroy that criminal's family, so essentially the only possible the only possible result is essentially you are working on destroying the family. I mean, white the white you know essentially yeah. destroying here. I mean, essentially that's the act of a Canaanite. And it should be treated as a Canaanite. Yeah, just like okay. yeah, just like those mm-hmm. wicked judge, just like those wicked judges, those seventy judges, they abuse their power. They killed the evil wiggers along with a lot of good wiggers. I mean, they just had a zealot. And so, if you destroy good, if you could destroy good wiggers, if you destroy good white people just for the fun of it, just for the hell of it, then Yahweh is going to judge you harshly. Of course. Of course. But I mean, we're not even talking about, yeah, I mean, you know, 
So the whole that's what we have, Martin. The, uh, the Jews would never have gotten as far as they have without the white race traders in all the white countries. They could have never taken over this bad if if all the white people had stuck together and risen up and fought. But you've got, so, I mean, there's so many white race traders. They get bought off. Get out. Oh, I agree here. Uh, but anyway, uh, what I understand, though, is that when there was that war against Benjamin, I'm quite sure a bunch of good Benjamites died because, you know, their leaders had decided not to punish these, you know, these evil yeah. Amorite Gibeonites for the homosexual, attempted homosexual rape and the That's actual right. rape and murder those concubines. So hey, our people are responsible for its leaders. And when it comes time to destroy their bad leaders, if they fight on behalf of evil, then they deserve whatever they get here. And that's why I don't have much use for Memorial Day. Especially mostly people I mean, are we are we gonna memorialize are we gonna memorialize Fighting for Zog and being Zog's army and fighting all these illegal wars. Are, 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 are we going to glorify that, Martin? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't, I don't. You know, it's nice. Oh, she is not doing it. Roxy is. Roxy is doing very well. You know what I mean? Roxy's doing very well. What happened was I had to cook. I had to cook about five pounds of steak. I had to go ahead and cook around five pounds of steak in order to, you know, keep it good. So what I did is I just seared it, and then I cooked, you know, seared it, and yeah. then I just went ahead and added water to it and cooked it in some water, and then. Yeah, you can Later always on, eat leftovers. If you don't eat it all tonight, you can eat the rest of it tomorrow. Or, you know, just all you got to do is reheat it. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I don't really like, you know, when it's hot like this. I don't like cooking on a stove too often here. I prefer to go ahead and cook a bunch of stuff and then have it, you know, then have it uh, later on. You know what I mean? So, yeah. anyway. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the tarting of these tards here. But no, they're having you know they're having and you know I mean I think this Tommy Robinson is actually a hero. What I'm yeah. jailed for essentially he says angry words with Muslims. This gave British state the meager grounds that needed to charge him with disturbing the peace, unless to revoke his probation, meaning that he has. Immediately in prison to serve a suspended sentence handed out last year, folks. Uh, you know, folks, you go ahead and you 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 abuse the law. You need to be destroyed. You need to be you need to be dealt with. You know, and that's what they that's what they hope to do. You know, these idiots in Granby. They go ahead and get you know they go ahead and get made up laws here. So that's what to me that means that you're a traitor. You're a traitor, which means that your children are baby traitors, too. I mean, you know, I mean, you go ahead and you abuse the law in order to benefit yourself to the detriment of the people, then the people have, you know, or the people's representatives or the people's pastors have no choice but to go ahead and destroy you. And that is what you read about, which happened 
in First Kings and Second Kings and First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, where there was, you know, there was a, an average about every forty years, an entire corrupt dynasty would be overthrown in favor of a new corrupt dynasty. And what they would do is that, you know, about ten percent of the population, which was essentially wicked, and had gotten used to living off the ninety percent, essentially they were. They either had to run for their lives, you know, well outside of Israel, or they were they were killed, and their bodies, you know, were not given burial. Their bodies were essentially, you know, fed to the dogs that they were in the cities, and allowed to rot and be eaten by the crows and the buzzards or the vultures or whatever, if they lived outside. And that was the penalty here. They they were not given a they they didn't benefit from the treason. They were so often here when they, you know, when their regime was thought to be so secure, it was not secure. It was insecure. It was so corrupt that people, you know, decided that I'm not going to go ahead and fight for the king. I mean, shoot, you know, the king's relatives, the king's, uh, you know, the king's relatives, the king's, uh, you know, uh, friends. It's sort of like in Samaria where here comes Jehu and says, hey, you know, I mean, you have a choice. You have a choice. You know, here's Jezreel, and Jezebel's just been tossed. You know, Jezebel's just been tossed. You know, onto the spears. Uh, they have soldiers. She's been thrown out by her own eunuchs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then, okay, well maybe I'll bury she's the daughter of a king. And they say, well, hey, there's nothing but a few of you know, just her hands and her skull. That's all that's left. This is just dog shit. Just like it was, you know, predicted is that nobody's going to go ahead and be able. You know, point to a particular pile of dog shit and say, "Well, that used to be Jezebel." You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, she was eaten by a whole bunch of dogs, and essentially, she was digested, and most of her bones were chewed up by hungry dogs. Well, later on, they got well fed. So here it goes. Here it goes to where here is Jezebel's. You know, here is Jezebel's uh, Ahab's wicked sister. Wicked sister. And she has a son, and he comes up to see about, well, what you know, what's with Aunt Jezebel? And, you know, Jehu goes ahead and throws a spear and wounds him. And then later on, they come across a number more of them coming to visit, you know, Jezebel. He goes ahead and kills them. He cuts off their heads. So by the time, you know, by the time, you know, here it is, you know, here it is in Jezreel. It started in Jezreel. And he goes to the capital, the Israelite capital, Samaria. He tells the elders of Samaria here, uh, you have a choice to make. You know, go ahead and give me Ahab's children's heads, or at least his son's heads, and give me their heads. Or, you know, I'll, if I have to go ahead and get Ahab's son's heads, I'm going to come down and get your heads too. And so the elders of Samaria says, well, guess what? He's just gone ahead and he's... He essentially destroyed all the house of Ahab he can, you know, he can find. He's gone ahead and killed the king of the reigning king of Judah. We had better, we had better, we had better go ahead and do it. So he, you know, they go ahead and they cut seventy-two heads off and put them in a, you know, they go ahead, you know, cut the heads of Ahab's sons. And you know that Jezebel didn't squeeze out her own crystal, you know, uh, king night pussy seventy-two of them. You know what I mean? So essentially, yeah. this is, you know, these are these are these are Whigger spawn of Ahab, who are whose heads are cut off, and their bodies are loaded in a cart, 
and trust to Naboth's vineyard where the dogs eat them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And more than likely, after after the heads have been piled up and inspected, more than likely, you know, you know, more than likely, the crows and buzzards went ahead and ate Ahab's children's heads. And people say, well, that's cruel, that's cruel, that's cruel. Well, yes, it is. But isn't it necessary? I'm looking at this. It was taken down after the trial. Senator Robinson's attempted to report on, you know, issued an illegal ban. So you have a crooked judge, a legal ban on reporting about her, you know, her, his own crooked shit. So this yep. seems to convert the widespread impression that the UK has become a Stasi gulag state. It has. But shit, the Stasi, I went ahead and looked at Stasi, and Stasi was East Germans, and, you know, one quarter of my ancestors came from East Germany. Yeah. You know, let, let's understand something. The Stasi, the Stasi didn't, didn't go after, didn't go after East Germans for being racist. Didn't go after East Germans because it was not, it was not a problem here. Essentially, you know, the Stasi, essentially, as the communists looked at, they were, they were implementing socialism, but the Stasi, didn't you know? Didn't condone Packies here raping, you know, That's the right. children of the middle class or the lower class. Like Angela Merkel, Angela Merkel, and Theresa May, and 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 Macron. All these all these European leaders are letting their countries be flooded by third world shitskin manzers, and they're just they're getting on welfare. They're they're shitting up the country. They're raping all the white women, and nothing can be done about it. I mean, it's like the legal Mexicans here; they're above the law. Oh yeah. So what happens is that you know this is this is a this is a flashpoint because they just had two hundred fifty people demonstrate outside outside that evil bitches Patricia May's you know number ten down Downing Street. And they're saying is that they might end up having the Football Lads Alliance. And since in October 2017, the you know the FLA mobilized 70,000 demonstrators on the streets of London to march against Islamic terrorism. So hey, the you know the the British have have you know meanwhile been using repressive you know repressive by these actual you know Jew and Mongol and anti-white. Critters from the EU to deplatform those who protest against Tommy Robinson's arrest. Well, the FLA's Facebook page is currently shut down by Facebook, even though they campaign on slogans like, but they're still doing that. They, you know, you know, Jew Book has shut down, you know, the football lads' lives. So here we, here we, here we have. So it's a great irony of a supposedly Brexit-supporting U.K. conservative using the Conan EU laws to climb down the social media of liberal and gay-friendly groups supporting free speech in order to protect Muslim rape gangs. This, yep. this, is, this is the sort of stupid shit. In England, you know, they... They're not really self-supporting. They're not really self-supporting at all in terms of food or anything like that here. They're not able to go ahead and keep things up here. 
So I don't see what be where you end up having. You know what? Folks, why support a queen of England who has, you know, gone along with all this tyranny? Essentially, was given. Yeah, I mean, uh, all these idiots, even in America, they want to glorify the last marriage. They want to worship the royal family. We fought a war in 1776 to break away from the royal family, and they're just loving it and worshiping it. And, I mean, the royal family doesn't do anything to earn all the money they get from from just, you know, from the taxpayer in England. And I'm sure, I mean, supposedly uh, some, of, some of our tax money is funneled back to England, too. And the, oh, yeah. the, son, the son used to not sit on the English Empire. I know the royal family and the Rothschilds used to uh, deal drugs to the Chinese and got them hooked on opium, and they made a lot of money there. So if you just, if you look, everything that the royal family has done, uh, even before they were totally marginalized with Jew blood and Negro blood, they were still race traders. Well, you have, and you have, as that essentially what happens is that, you know, Isaiah said to show their countenance, and these people came back from Babylon. Those people had already crept in. But the show of their countenance was real against them. I mean, essentially, they looked like Edomite Jews even back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, didn't Jeremiah talk about good figs and bad figs? Well, folks, uh, you know, in the Worldwide Church God, they said this is that the, you know, the, you know, the royal, you know, the British, you know, empire, essentially, they're, they're, they're descended from David through Keith Taffy, who went to Ireland, then to Scotland, you know, under the stone of stone and all this sort of thing. Yeah, I know. And that may, be, that may be true, but I would say that, you know, in many cases, they're just mainly Jews and Mamsers. Um, you know, Lady Diana had part... Indian dothead in it, and the uh, you know the you know the kings from Hanover, they had a Portuguese nigger, that Portuguese nigger wench who was part nigger. So essentially, you end up having the British, you know, the British royal family comprised of the bad pigs and spawn of Satan Jews and niggers. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's another? What's another divorce evil nigger? You know who used to do used to do you know porno films. I mean hell, it's sort of like it's sort of like having a sort of a niggerized extra skanky. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it's sort of like you know having extra skanky in the family. You know what I mean? Hold this on, you're saying hold on, you're saying hold on, hold on, you're saying Megan Markle used to do porno films? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I know she's been very Yeah. Yeah, she'd been married. She been married twice before. Yeah, once to a Jew, so she got. You know, I mean, she's a telegonized. She's probably she may even have Jew blood in her. I mean, she's obviously a mongrel. The royal family's part Jew, so it's a good chance. I mean, they wouldn't. You know, I mean, Prince Harry dated a lot of white-looking women. They might not all been Jews, but since they, you know, he wanted to marry a devil, so I, I put on the assuming. Well, Papa Cat says, Isle of Antichrist, what do you expect? Well, that, that's somewhat true. That's somewhat true. 
was sort of like when I was in Europe. Well, I was in that. Well, I was stationed in Europe, but when I went to Sweden in October of 1982, and the people were handsome people. You know, I mean, you know, two thirds of that brown hair like me, but you know, I mean, hey, they were, you know, they're obviously white people. And uh, the hey, hey, you son, what back then? What percentage of the German population was blonde hair and blue eyed? I mean, did 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 they most of them dark hair or what? Well, so in my own family, in my own family, I'm talking about when you were stationed in Germany because it's probably changed a lot with all the all the mongrelization and all the. I mean, you've had the Pakistanis uh, uh, coming into Germany for the cheap labor for a long time, and then all the, uh, all the black American soldiers that were stationed over there that got them a white wife, you know, white German wife. I mean, you know, that happened for a long time. Yeah, you just have that. And you have, you have like old Bonner or Boner. Well, after his family is white looking, but he's rather dark, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you see that in Germany every so often. You see a really... You know, really dark German. You know, really dark. I mean, dark as if, you know, as if he's a well, he got well, he's been well mixed with nigger in him, you know what I mean? But, you know, he's not, but, he, you know, he's really dark. Yeah. Because of this sort of regression. This sort of regression to where, well, Robert Starr, one of his first books, 1914, The Rebellion of Santo Domingo about what happened to what became Haiti. And he said that, you know, the French found out. Are you talking about when the French used to control Haiti? Is that what you're saying? Well, it's called Santo Domingo. And originally the Spanish had all control of it. Then the French somehow got that part control of the western part of the island. And so they went ahead and had sugar plantations. And you know, pretty well when the French lost the, the the you know the French and Indian War called the Seven Years' War, or the Wars of Austrian Succession, you know, it's called a number of things here, but we call it the French and Indian War, where uh, that's where George Washington became you know known as being famous. Actually, there's something that he went ahead and started the French and Indian War. You know what I mean? Fighting, you know, fighting yeah. with the uh, with the French at the congruence of the. Allegheny and Mongahela Rivers, which became the Ohio River. And that's where you have Pittsburgh. It was named after you know, well, it was named after this was a it was a French name, and then it became those Pittsburgh. But uh, after the uh, you know William Pitt the Elder. But in any case, what they what happens is that ah, shit, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, what? We're talking about Haiti and, and, and how it changed. Okay. What happens is that the France France lost, you know, France lost the seven year you know, the seven years war slash French and Indian War. And they were fighting all they were fighting it was actually a world war. They were fighting they were fighting they were fighting all the way in India. And probably the best French admiral was uh Safran and he went ahead and he managed to fight the British to a standstill. Uh, in the waters off of India, you know what I mean, with his with his fleet, you know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, the French lost the war, and that's why they wanted, you know, for payback they wanted to help us here, and they became bank. They were they were going bankrupt, and then became even more bankrupt as well, helping us here against yeah. the English. 
But uh, they they had, let me see, they had a world war. I lost my train of thought. Okay, what happens is that how, how, the, French lost, how choice, the French lost. They had the choice. They had the choice. Because the British went ahead and conquered Montreal, well, Montreal, or was it Quebec? And at the very on the plains of Abraham, outside of Quebec, it was easy to take the lower city, but it was hard to take because Quebec was at the top of a big bluff. You know what I mean? So like the Acropolis, you know, like the you know the Acropolis of Athens is. They got a they got a really steep they got a really steep couple foot high bluff here, you know what I mean, that you can't really crawl up except by one way, and, you know, it's easy to defend here. So anyway, you know, Quebec had the same thing. They had a lower city and upper city. British went ahead and conquered Canada, and so here comes time to make peace, and what happens is that France has got, you know, France has offered the option is that the British can go ahead and keep the islands of Martinique and Santo Domingo, which creates all this sugar, all this wealth, which is mainly given to the king of France and his nobles, or they can keep Canada. Now, by far, if the king, you know, if the king, Louis Fifteenth or Sixteenth had had any fucking brains, he would have said, well, for the good of my people, I'll keep Canada. No, I'll keep I'll keep what became later known as the Louisiana Purchase, you know, the you know, the lands of the you know, west of the you know, Mississippi, you know, Mississippi all the way to uh, what, Oregon and Washington and California. You know what I mean? I'll go ahead and keep that here. And yeah, you can have the Sugar Islands even though they give me a whole bunch of money. No, Louis Louis the fifteenth, the one who said after me the Lay Delos he says, well, hey, I want the Sugar Islands because they're the ones that give me all the money and screw the people, the French-Canadian people of Quebec. So essentially he gave up a continent. No, actually, in terms of actual land space, it's bigger than the United States. You know what I mean? You know, excluding Alaska. So essentially he chose, he chose, you know, rather than his people's benefit here, he chose to go ahead and give up Canada to the British you know, so he can keep Martinique and Santo Domingo. Yeah. So anyway, you know, that, that, that's the sort of, you know, that, that's the sort of is that hey, the people in power they don't care for themselves. They don't care for the people that no. they're supposed to take care of. You know what I mean? Any more than the, uh, you know, the council criminals and the, uh, you know, Missouri Supreme Court or any of these other bastards care for, you know, essentially white people. They don't. They don't care at all for them. You know what I mean? They actually hate. That's them. Correct. So in any case, uh, want to destroy them. That's what you know. That's what this Tommy Robinson has pretty well just, you know, just pulled the mask off as to what these people are about. They want to su- support, you know, packy pedophiles, just sort of like you know, the old pissers, packy pedophiles, you know, petty, you know, pissers, pedo packy possums. You know what I mean? They want to go ahead yeah. and protect. They want to go ahead and protect. These invaders who are raping, you know, and impregnating, you know, these, you know, these little, these little girls, these young girls, young women, you know, they want to go ahead and destroy their actual people, and they, you know, they dared to essentially arrest people, and now they look like they are essentially a police state, and they are a police state. They're a police state yeah. which is on its way out. You know what I mean? 
And I yep. don't think they're going to. I mean, this this might very well be, you know, the flash, you know, a flash to where, guess what? Look, you know, look, Judge. Look, Governor Theresa May. I mean, the people of England voted that they want to get out of Brexit. And you're listening to this shit from these EU, you know, cocksuckers here. I love it when, you know, when, when, uh, I love it when these dirty, you know, ragged, you know, ragged mongrels go ahead and gun down faggots in Orlando, or they, you know, I, I would just love if they got a whole bunch of nuclear, you know, nuclear material and detonated a dirty bomb in New York. You know what I mean? Some yeah. of them worthless bastards right here. You know, Buck McHugh got all mad at me. You know, uh, you know, a couple, you know, weeks, you know, about two weeks after the, or a week or so after the. Uh, the uh, Chechen, you know, uh, the Chechen pressure kit, you know, cooking bombs is a shit. So you stupid, you know, hybrid, you know, uh, Boston hybrid niggers right here because you are the, you are the place which is a little, you know, essentially welcome these worthless bastards. Ah! Yeah, but wine like pussy. That way I found out that him and Johnny Tonto had cut another deal with old nigger lips Brian Rio. You know what yeah. I mean? And I need to work on Brian Rio also. I need to go ahead and work on these other lawsuits here. I went ahead and filed some more here. Uh, anyway, yes, ma'am. In any case, I uh, need to go ahead and take care of Roxy here. All right, well, uh, Mark, listen, listen. We're on the concluding section of the Book of Enoch. We're on Chapter 72. And whenever you're ready, I'm ready. We're, on 90. we're on 91. Should, we should be on 91. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not. Yeah, I'm sorry. X and C is 90. We're on 90. 90 it said 92, but it looks like 92 and 91 are out of order. Hold on. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and start on a second. Uh, all right, look. It, it's, we're on 91, but it's got in the index, it'll say 92, and then it'll go to 91, but it's correct. you got to 90. So just go ahead in the conclusion section of the book. I've already posted it once. I'll post it again here. Hold on. Uh, okay. Go ahead and post it again. Yeah, I posted it. So we're on 91. It says 91. Yeah. Let's go to the concluding section of the book. And uh, and that'll be fine. All right, so here we go. Okay. Um, All right. It talks about Enoch's book of, of admonition for his children. Um, and this is, it says chapter 92. But then 91 comes right after this. So they, the, whoever put this up just wrote it down wrong. So this, 92 is actually 91, and 91 is actually 92. And it looks like the rest of the numbers are correct. So here we go. Um, verse 1, the book written by Enoch. Enoch indeed wrote this complete doctrine of wisdom, which is praised by all men and a judge of all a judge of all the earth for all my children who dwell on the earth. Okay, so remember Enoch was taken up in a chariot of fire, and he didn't die. He was taken up alive to Yahweh, and he was he was uh, given this job of of helping Yahweh record all the evil going on, so that he could help Yahweh judge. Well, all all the seventy judges went to the abyss. One third of the fallen angels went to the abyss, and then there's another abyss with hellfire waiting for all the Jews, all the tares, and the shaft of the wheat, the wiggers, the proselytes. So, and for the future generation who shall observe uprightness and peace. So we are, 
to have a relationship with Yahweh, and we are, uh, you know, now that we've read this book of Enoch and we don't listen to the churches anymore, we don't listen to the phony above-ground identity people anymore, we don't listen to the writings of Paul where he says the prophecies are going to fail and that law is done away with. No, we listen to Yahweh and the book of Enoch and the red letters, and the book of Enoch is right in line with, with the Old Testament laws and the red letters of Yeshua. So for the future generation, we shall observe uprightness, which is Yahweh's laws, and if we obey Yahweh's laws, there will be peace. Verse 2, let your spirit be troubled on account of the evil times coming, for the Holy and Great One has appointing days for all things. So things are going to get bad before they get better. Things have always been bad since Satan and the fallen angels came down here and ruined. they ruined heaven, they ruined earth. Things are not going to be good until Satan and his fallen angels and all his children through Cain and all the proselyte wiggers are taken out of the new heaven, new earth, and the new Jerusalem. Right now, we have to endure being around these evil people. Uh, Yahweh appointed this so there can be a day of judgment. Verse 3, and the righteous one shall arise from sleep, shall arise and walk in the path of righteousness, and all his path and conversation shall be in eternal goodness and grace. Verse 4, he will be gracious to the righteous and give him eternal uprightness, and he will give him power so that he shall be endowed with goodness and righteousness, and he shall walk in eternal light. So if you, just like the red letter said, if you want eternal life and light, obey Yahweh's commandments. There's no other way. Repent and obey. Verse 5, and sin shall perish in darkness forever and shall no more be seen from the day, that day forevermore. Martin, that was chapter uh, 91. You got a comment? Martin. Okay, I'm going to go to chapter 92. It's labeled 91. They flip-flopped it. We're on chapter 92, dealing with Enoch admonishes to his children. Verse 1, And now, my son Methuselah, call to me all thy brothers and gather together to me all the sons of thy mother, for the word calls me, and the Spirit is poured out upon me, that I may show you everything that shall befall you forever. Verse 2, And there upon Methuselah went and summoned to him all his brothers and assembled his relatives, and he spake unto all the children of righteousness and said, Hear ye sons of Enoch, all the words of your father, and hearken aright to the voice of my mouth, for I exhort you and say unto you, Beloved, love uprightness and walk therein. Well, that's what uh, what Yahshua and the red letters say. That's what Adam taught Seth. That's what Noah was taught to teach. Love uprightness and walk therein. That's Yahweh's laws. Verse 4, and draw not nigh to uprightness with a double heart. So this is saying don't be double-minded. Don't say that Yahweh's the same yesterday and day and forever and you love Yahweh and then you go preach Paul and say the laws are done away with and we can do whatever we want. That ain't going to cut it. And associate not with those of a double heart. Anybody that is double-minded and a hypocrite 
and liar. They say one thing and do another, or they're sitting on the fence. You're not even to associate with those people. So all this shit about love everybody and love all the evil, and no, okay? You are to only associate with other Israelites who are righteous. But walk in righteousness, my son, and it shall guide you on good paths, and righteousness shall be your companion. For I know that violence must increase on the earth, and a great chastisement be executed on the earth, and all unrighteousness will come to an end. So the days of all the evil and the evildoers, the white race traders and the serpent seed and Satan and his kids, it's not going to last forever. Yeah, it shall be cut off from its root, and its whole structure be destroyed. Verse 6, and unrighteousness shall again be consummated on the earth, and all the deeds of unrighteousness and of violence and of transgression shall prevail in a twofold degree. Verse, that was verse 6. Verse 7, and when sin and unrighteousness and blasphemy, what about all these people that say there's no devil? What about all these people that say that the devil is the dark side of Yahweh? Like Arnold Bowen and all these other evil so-called identity people or yeah, they're blaspheming Yahweh. And their lies and their evil is not going to be forever. And violence and all kinds of deeds increase. And apostasy and transgression and uncleanness increase. Well, look at all the people that have left identity and left any kind of uh, British Israelism and left any racial purity. Look at all the evil. Anything goes. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, they glorify race mixing. They glorify homosexual marriage and race mixed marriage. They glorify transgender and uh, lesbian, bisexual, having sex with animals. And what about, the, so the, it's only going to get more evil. A great chastisement shall come from heaven upon all these, and the Holy Lord will come forth with wrath and chastisement to execute judgment on the earth. Verse 8, In those days violence shall be cut off from its roots, and the roots of unrighteousness together with descent, and they shall be destroyed from under heaven. Verse 9, And all the idols of the heathen shall be abandoned, and the temples burned with fire, and they shall be removed from the whole earth. So, Look at all these idols. People worship not just things, but they worship fallen angels. They worship Satan. They have images of angels. You're not supposed to make anything uh, uh, image of anything on, of on heaven or on earth, let alone worship it. The Catholic Church has all kind of idols. What about all these wiggers that they worship uh, athletes? They worship Hollywood actors. They worship uh, rock and roll stars and entertainers. That's their idols. And the temples burn with fire, and they shall remove them from the whole earth. And they, i.e., the heathen, shall be cast in the judgment of fire. That's the, that's the, the, the third abyss with hellfire, and shall perish in wrath and a grievous judgment forever. Verse 10, and the righteous shall arise from their sleep, and wisdom shall arise and be given unto them. Verse 11, and after that the roots of unrighteousness shall be cut off, and the sinners shall be destroyed by the sword. Well, remember Matthew, when Yahweh tells his elect, his sons, to bring before him his enemies, not that he should rule over them and slay them with the sword. So we, being sons of Yahweh and part of the elect, when Yahweh comes, Yeshua comes back at his second coming, we will help him destroy the evil. They shall be cut off from the, from the blasphemers in every place, and those who plan violence 
and those who commit blasphemy shall perish by the sword. So anybody that has planned violence, what about all these, you know, me and Mark were talking about Memorial Day. All these wars that we have fought, the majority of them have not been for defense of Israel, have not been for self-defense, have not been for, uh, most of the wars we fought have been white men fighting other white men. So that's white race traders and Jews plan these wars. And uh, Yahweh has no, no place for that. Verse 18, and now I tell you, my sons, and show you the path of righteousness and the path of violence. Yea, I will show them to you again that you may know what will come to pass. Verse 19, and now hearken unto me, my sons, and walk in the paths of righteousness and walk not in the paths of violence. So not only are we to fear Yahweh and keep all his commandments, but we are not to do evil violence. If it's not self-defense, we are not to take the law into our own hands. Because when Yeshua comes back, he will tell us who needs to be destroyed. For all who walk in the path of unrighteousness shall perish forever. Hey, Martin, that was ch- that was chapter 91 and 92. Did you, do you want to go over that? Yeah, I want to go over the very, you know, the very, the very, uh, on, essentially on 90, on 91, he goes ahead and concludes the section of the book. He says, this book written by Enoch, you know, and Enoch indeed wrote this complete doctrine of wisdom, which is praise of all men, judge of all the earth. For all my children who dwell upon the earth, the future generations who shall observe uprightness and peace. You have to understand is that, Eric was so righteous, was so righteous that there wasn't a question of putting him to the judgment. He was literally transliterated, and then his... Well, let's just put it... Hi, 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 let's just put it this way. Let's just put it this way. Up until that time, okay, up until, up until, not, not the time after Enoch, okay, because... You know, we have to look, okay, John the Baptist would probably be just as good or better than Enoch. As a matter of fact, John the Baptist was called Elijah or Enoch uh, in a reincarnation. But the whole point is, up in the up until the time of Elijah, or the day that he was living, he was the best on earth. And it was time for Yahweh to take somebody up into the heavens to show them, not just the evil of the one-third of the fallen angels with Satan, but the 70 judges who were evil, evil white men. There was two different abysses, one for the fallen angels, one for the 70 judges, including Samson. And the third abyss has not been opened or filled yet. And that's where hellfire is going to be for all the tares, all the serpent seed, and all the shaft of the wheat, which are the proselyte white race treaders. So... Uh, at the time of Enoch's living, he was the best white man on earth, and Yahweh decided, hey, you are going to come up here. I'm going to give you all the information in heaven you need. You're going to go down to hell and Hades and the abyss and see uh, see everything. He He even spoke. Enoch even spoke with the, the one-third Yahweh. of the fallen, uh, uh, one-third of the fallen angels. And they begged Enoch to go back to Yahweh and reduce their sentence or their punishment. And Yahweh and Enoch said, no, we're not. It, well, it, that's, it, not gonna yeah, that's not going to happen. 
he was he was beloved and respected by essentially everyone from Yahweh on down. And yeah. so in this in this previous uh what, the book of the Cave of Treasures, it said that yes, he was transliterated, but there came a request from essentially the seventy you know, you had two hundred some watchers, but you know, major angels, but you had of them the seventy. And you remember reading in the book of Jasher about how, you know, the portion of Yahweh's was, you know, was Jacob Israel. You know, I mean that was his you know, that was his portion. You gotta understand is that Shem had other sons, some was called Elam. Now there was probably an Elam beforehand. But, you know, some was called, you know, Aram, which was Syria. You know, they were called the Arameans, and they spoke Aramaic. And so so you had you had 70, you know, you had 70 known white or even Canaanite. You had, you know, 70 known Canaanites here. You had the Assyrians. Supposedly they were descended from Asher, who was another son, who was another yeah. son of Shem. And so... What happens is that one seventieth of the nation, the portion of Israel, was 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 Yahweh's portion reserved to himself. Egypt was a it was a nation himself. So there were seventy languages that the Pharaoh of Egypt had to learn. And Joseph was taught, you know, was taught by angels here to to where he would be a sub Pharaoh in his own right. He would be the Grand Vizier. You know, I believe it occurred somewhere around the eighteen hundreds. And that you know what's called the waterway of you know of Joseph here was actually this canal which went from the Nile from from one of the branches of the Nile into you know into you know this depression which became you know later known as Lake Moetus here, which was you know afterwards uh, especially when they when the Nile was way 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 high here. They would open. They would open these locks. They would open these gates. Yeah. And the you know the, the Nile water would flow would flow down here, and then later on when it got all filled up here, you know it was just going to go ahead and go on to uh, it was just going to go on to uh, you know the Mediterranean. So then later on. You know, when it was all filled up, they'd open the thing back up, and it would go ahead and reflow back into the Nile. So, what they would do is that they, they essentially was a, it was essentially was a artificial dam, which was you know made in a depression. Essentially, it was Joseph who made that depression, but he had to learn the seventy languages. So essentially, he's not talking to the niggers. Uh, you know, he's yeah. with all the entire earth. He's talking about the entire earth. Of you know, especially the Near East and the other places where you had in Book of Jesse, you had what was going on in Italy. Remember that here in North yeah, Africa. that's right. So you had these seventy, you had these seventy, you know, nations here. So anyway, then he goes on, you know, to his children, his children, his his grandson, I believe it is, is or his son is Methuselah. Yeah. So essentially, my son Methuselah called to me to all your brothers. So you got to understand, is Methuselah went ahead and married his aunt, who was also named Naama, who was 98 years older than him. You know what I mean? And she was the hold good on, Naama. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So Methuselah married his aunt? Yeah. 
Remember, I you remember reading that in the book of uh, Jasper? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, and she was. Or maybe that was. Yeah. Uh, or maybe that was. What the hell was the homosexual who was written to Ezra Pound? His name was uh, Eustace Mullins. You yeah, know Eustace I mean? Mullins. That's right, Eustace Mullins. Eustace Mullins. So essentially, Eustace Mullins, he, you know, he takes a different targum here. You know what I mean? There's different targums about three critters had sex aboard the ark. They're like, Methuselah had brothers, you know, who. You know, may have stuck around. I, I think that when Noah was talking for 120 years, he was saying, "Guess what? Yeah, you're not going to get aboard this art. You're not going to get aboard this, you know, cracker barrel box I'm making here, which will float. You will not get aboard it. Rather, your job is to leave this place because it's going to be drowned because of all the violence which is coming." So he says, "Here, you sons of Enoch." So he's told all his brothers, assembled his relatives. So here's his brothers, you know, essentially, you sons of Enoch, this is, you know, this is Methuselah. You know, Enoch had, Enoch had in the time he was there, he had other sons and other daughters. All the words of your father, hearken right to the voice of your mouth here. It essentially says, don't you know that violence must increase on the earth? Well, folks, we know violence will increase in the Zogland. We know it's going to increase in, uh, not so great Britain anymore because hey, they're bringing in these violent, dirty the animals. More, the more, look, the more time has gone on, the worse things have gotten. It hasn't gotten better. After World yeah. War One, things got worse. After World War Two, things got worse. We're in World War Three right now. There's fewer. Look, before World War One, there was roughly, supposedly, I've read roughly. One third of the world population was Caucasian, but they were. But 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 that doesn't mean they were pure white. Some of them were Anglo-Mestizo, or maybe Jews pretending to be white. One third was African, and one third was Asian. Now we have just China alone having almost a third of the population, not counting the rest of Asia. So let's just look. And I mean, if it hadn't been for AIDS, the niggers would have probably outpopulated the Chinese. But let's just look. Let's just look at the white race. The pure white race is probably not even 1% of the world population. Not even. Well, it's not supposedly about 8% or so. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but I, I know, but 8%, they're counting the Anglo Mestizos. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was looking I was looking at, you know, essentially the train station in Paris, France, and I would say Less than 25% of them would be what I would call white. You know, at Newtown, mm-hmm. when they had this, they made a big deal of the blonde, gray-haired, little beautiful white girl who got massacred by this Adam Lanza. Essentially, there was niggers and there was Jews or whatever, and they didn't care here. They they want to go ahead and have figures. Oh, no, it's so awful. Here's a blonde the old gray-eyed, beautiful little white girl here. Essentially, they make a big deal about that because they know the figures don't really, when it comes down to it, don't really care for niggers and the rest here. So what happens is that I estimate when I've seen that is that only a third of the people there, two-thirds were white-ish or you white, but only half of them would be what I would call white. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even there, maybe some of them were Mongols as well. But in any case... You have less and less. So here is here here he is saying is that guess what? As you have more demons, as you have more demons, you have more giants, more Nephilim, you end up having more chinks, you have having more Dravidian niggers coming in. 
is that, yes, violence will increase in Zog Babylon the first here. It's going to increase. Yeah, it, things are only going to get things are only going to get worse. If they could disarm, if they could disarm all the white people, they'd be slaughtered overnight, Martin. I mean, that's the goal. Oh yeah, like they like they're waiting to be in South Africa. So, yeah. In any case, but I don't feel too sorry for people in South Africa because they knew what niggers were like, and a majority of them voted to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and now, uh, and you can't reverse that. You're not going to reverse that. I mean, that's why these, well, these mongrels that Russ Walker it. brought in, uh, these mongrels, and when I'm admitted he was part Jew, uh, you know, another guy was is, is, was darker than a Mexican. I mean, and these and these are the leaders of the, of the white resistance in South Africa, and they're a bunch of mongrels, <laughs> and they admit, and I said, why don't you just leave? And they said, well, we're not going to leave. We're going to stay here, and they admit they're going to be slaughtered. So... What kind of mentality is that? I mean, they're just going along with their own destruction. The only ones who want them in is the Australians who will take them in. You know what I mean? Because as they look at this, I mean, really, really, it's, it's sort of like them buying and selling my grandchildren. My grandchildren are white here. Uh, essentially, what, what, what you see, and this, this year I just see the car lot, Roper, Kia, advertising these baby-stealing bastards near as much here. And what I've seen, oh, a couple of days is that now they're admitting that, uh, hey, they're not keeping up these foster kids. Uh, you know, please give them. They need $60 for school supplies. Well, shit, so I'll go ahead and bought and sold these children. Go ahead and turn them in. You know, this woman, you know, two weeks ago, she called me. She hadn't contacted me for about four months. And the reason she contacted me is her... 14-year-old retarded grandson is, you know, looking at a prison term for, you know, they gave him a tablet. He took a picture of an 11-year-old, uh, you know, 11-year-old retard, this dick here, you know, using his tablet. And now they're talking about trying him as an adult here. And she's frantic yeah. about it. You know, well, hey, first of all, uh, why are you allowing... Why are you allowing these children to have tablets with two computer, you know, two cameras on it? Why are you allowing the stupid shit to where they're just going to I mean, I mean, these children are totally spoiled. The parents, you have nobody blame but the parents themselves, okay? Well, they give their kids, I basically, blame, I blame the basically no, basically, they, want, they don't want to spend time with their kids raising their kids. They let the public fool system, they let the television, the Hollywood serpent seed, the Talmud vision, they let society raise their kids, and then when they turn out bad, when they turn out race-mixing or knocked up or dead or in jail, or doing a school shooting or something evil, then they want to wash their hands and say, well, it wasn't my fault. I don't know how this happened. Well, on the other hand, the state is even worse than raising them here. I mean, essentially, you know, her grandson is, is part of nine raised in a, you know, essentially in a, uh, you know, DFS, you know, puppy mill is exactly what they are here, you know. They're no, I agree. So, look if, you, look, if you're a white man and white woman, a couple, and you have pure white children, it is your duty to homeschool them and to raise them at home un- under your under Yahweh's laws, under your supervision, because once you put them in a public school and you send them to a Judeo-Christian communist race-mixing church, and you let them watch TV, and you let them get and you let them get around other evil children, 
they're going to be brainwashed, and they'll be used to turn on you, and they'll make shit up like mommy or daddy molested me, or mommy and daddy's mean to me, or you see, or, and, and, and you see what I'm saying? Well, if you it, it, look, 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 if you hey, hey, if you obey Yahweh and raise your kids at home and keep them away from Zog, then for the most part they won't get taken from you and they'll be safe. Other otherwise, you're in trouble. I mean, let's just well, look at. I mean, your four grandchildren, your four grandchildren, could not help it that their mother was bad news. I mean, they couldn't help who their mother was, right? True enough. True enough. I mean, but that's part of it. Is that they? You know, they deliberately targeted my grandchildren because they wanted to destroy, you know, my my family. So that's why I don't have any problem with destroying the families of regime criminals and anybody who sides with them. I don't have a big problem with doing that. In fact, that is, you know, pretty well what makes me the resistance soldier I am today. I want, I want the reckoning to come, and I want the reckoning to come in my lifetime. If my lifetime's cut short because of that reckoning, then so be it. I'm not worried about it. I hate these people so damn much here. That essentially, you know, just like you know, just like the saints in Revelation here, how long, how much longer will you wait? Holy Father, before our blood is avenged. And that's you know, that's what I you know, that's why I am in you know, this now movement, whether I you know, whether I like it or not. So in any case, uh, you know, he goes on and he says, righteous shall begin consummated in the earth, and the deeds of righteousness are vital, and transgression shall prevail to a twice-fold degree. And when this uh, uh, increase and apostasy and transgression and cleanliness increase, a great chastisement shall come from heaven upon all these. Well, it was in the form of rain. He will come forth with wrath and chastisement to execute judgment on the earth. And those days violence should be cut off from its roots. Well the roots are essentially Peter Duncan is essentially the evil people who create this violence. Yeah. The temples burn with fire and they shall remove from them the whole earth. And they shall be cast in judgment of fire, shall perish in wrath and in grievous judgment forever. And when you talk about grievous judgment, uh Jeremiah like a fire. He's talking about destroying them. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, you know, we'll destroy them on this earth, and then, you know, if they have souls, the they will be judged at the time, and then the next. The righteousness shall rise from their sleep, and wisdom, you know, so the righteous, when will the righteous arise from their sleep? Upon the second resurrection. So, the roots of righteous shall be cut off, and the shall be destroyed by the sword, shall be cut off from the blasphemy. So it goes on. Hearken to me, my sons, and walk in the paths of righteousness, and not walk in the paths of violence. For all who walk in the paths of unrighteousness shall perish forever. So you want to go on to... Uh, we're going on to 93. 93? Hey, hey, we're going on to 93 right now. Sure. This, deal, this deals with the apocalypse, apocalypse of weeks. Verse 1, And after that Enoch both gave and began to recount from the books... And Enoch said, so he was, Enoch was recounting from his books that he wrote, and he said, concerning the children of righteousness and concerning the elect of the world. Remember Yahweh told Adam and the book of the cave of treasures, 
that at, that Yahweh was going to come back and save him and a remnant of his offspring. So Yahweh told Adam the same thing he's telling Enoch. Yahweh told Adam that he was going to come back for him and that he and a remnant of his offspring would be part of the elect. That is what the book, it just, it, Enoch ties right in with all the other lost books, the Old Testament, the red letters. So uh, concerning the elect of the world and concerning the plant of, of uprightness, I will speak these things, yea, I, Enoch, will declare them unto you, my sons. According to that which appears to me in the heavenly visions, and which I have known through the word of the holy angels and have learnt from the heavenly tablets. So Enoch had been everywhere at this point. He had been to heaven and studied. He had been down to hell and saw where the fallen angels were and talked to them. He had been everywhere. Verse 3, and Enoch began to recount from the books and said, I was born the seventh and the first week while judgment and righteousness still endured. So when Enoch was born, there were still some Israelites obeying Yahweh's laws, and there was still righteousness. And after me there shall arise in the second week great wickedness, and deceit shall have sprung up, and in it there shall be the first end. And in it a man shall be saved, and after it ended unrighteousness shall grow up, and a law shall be made for the sinners. Well, that's what sinners do. They don't want Yahweh's laws. They want to say Yahweh's laws are done away with, and they make up their own laws. They do whatever is right in their own sight. They call their evil good, and they call Yahweh's good evil. They call Yahweh a liar. That's what everybody that says the laws are done away with. Verse 5, and after that, in the third week at its close, a man shall be elected as the plant of righteous judgment and his posterity shall become the plant of righteousness forevermore. Well, that, <clears throat> excuse me, that sounds like Yeshua there. Verse 6, and after that, in the fourth week, at its close, visions of the holy and righteous shall be seen, and a law for all generations, and an enclosure shall be made for them. Enoch's talking about prophecy that all has to come to pass before Yeshua comes down and judges the earth and destroys the old heaven, old earth, and all the evil people with it. Verse 7, and after that, in the fifth week at its close, the house of glory and dominion shall be built forever. Well, that would be the new Jerusalem, would it not? Verse 8, and after that, in the sixth week, all who live in it shall be blinded, and the hearts of all them shall godlessly forsake wisdom. Okay, so... Well, that if 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 the house of dominion and glory that's built has blind people in it and people that are godless, then that's not the new Jerusalem. I'm sorry, that has to be the new temple uh, rebuilt. Uh, and in it a man shall ascend, and in it close the house of dominion shall be burned with fire, and the whole race of the chosen root shall be dispersed. Well, he's talking about Israel being dispersed all over the earth. Verse 9, and after that in the seventh week shall an apostate generation arise, and many shall be its deeds, and all its deeds shall be apostate. Verse 10, and in its close shall be elected the elect righteous of the eternal plan of righteousness to receive sevenfold instruction concerning all his creation. All right, now we're on to verse 11. 
For who is there of all the children of man that is able to hear the voice of the Holy One without being troubled? Well, remember it says that in the day of judgment, how many people will be able to stand before Yahweh? Most people are going to be afraid of him. Most people have not repented. They know they're evil. They know their time's up. And who can think his thoughts? Well, in order to have the mind of Yahweh, you have to fear Yahweh and keep his commandments and walk with him. And who is there that can behold all the works of heaven? And how shall there be one who could behold the heaven and who is there that could understand the things of heaven and see a soul or a spirit and could tell thereof or sin and see all their ends and thank them or do like them? And who, <clears throat> and who is there of all men that could know what is the breadth and the length of the earth? And to whom has been shown the measure of all them? Well, we know the angels were shown that in heaven. Enoch was shown that. Or is there any one who could discern the length of heaven and how great it is its height and upon what it is founded and how great is the number of stars and where are all the luminaries rest? Hey, Martin, that was, uh, that was 93, Martin. Okay, uh, I just unmuted myself here. If you go ahead and look, you go ahead and look at that book. One to Genesis chapter five, which is the the book of the you know generations of Adam. And what happens when Enoch says that he was born the seventh in the first week? He was the seventh from Adam. He was in he was the seventh generation after Adam. So he was. Born the seventh after Adam. You know, yep. See that here? It appeared, I was born the seventh in the first week. So he was the seventh generation the first week. What was the first week? The first week was the first thousand years after the expulsion of Adam from, uh, from uh, Eden. Okay? Yep. So he was, he was, he was born the seventh generation. And he's saying that at least where he lived, judgment and righteousness still, still, still endured. Now, the generations of Cain, they would, you know, just like niggers, they would try to go ahead and they would get some Sethite women. In the case of uh, the bad Lamech, who went ahead and accidentally killed his great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, who was sixth in line. So sixth in line from Cain was Enoch, who was the bad Lamech, who went ahead and actually killed his great 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 grandfather. And yeah, you know, one of one of the it's not the main it's not the main teaching of dual seed line, but it's essentially part of you know part of the chrome is that you know that uh, Cain was known as Sargon the Great, and he may very well also been the mythical Minas, or his grandson was the mythical you know Minas who unified upper and lower Egypt, also known as Narmer, you know, around 3000 or so B.C., uh, from the pre-dynastic age. So in any case, uh, you know, he goes on and says that, that, you know, there shall arise a great, you know, secondly, great wickedness. Well, folks, he's living, he was living in the great wickedness now here, and that's why there had to be the flood. And seek to spring up, and, you know, and and in there shall the first end. Well, the first world did end in the second week because it was 1651 years from from Adam's expulsion, you know, and Noah's 
600th birthday. So, you know, Enoch was born in the first week of the seventh generation. So, seven, six, so the second one, it was necessary to destroy the very first Sog Babylon. He couldn't be like Abraham, just simply, you leave Ur, leave Ur to go to the land of Canaan. And you hang around for 400 years, and then, you know, your great, 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 great grandsons will come back from their exile and their in slavery by, you know, at the hands of these Amorite Hyksos. So then, you know, and then a man shall be saved, and after it ends, unrighteous shall go up, and the law shall be made for the sinners. So you had, you had essentially the Noahide laws here, which was actually what Noah did, not what the Jews had made up afterwards. And then after the third week, that, you know, they'll have the third week, and he shall be a man shall be elected as a plant of righteous judgment, his posterity shall become the plant of righteousness forevermore. Well, the third week would have been around the time of David or so. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His posterity. Okay, after the fourth week has closed, visions of the holy and righteous shall be seen, and a law for all generations and closure shall be made for them. So that's Christ. And afterwards, as this here, the house of glory and dominion shall be built forever. So you have Essentially, thousand-year periods. You know, these particular weeks. After the sixth week, those who live it shall be blind. The hearts of them shall be God and sleep for sacred. A man shall ascend as close the house of dominion shall be burnt with fire, and the whole race of the chosen roof shall be destroyed. So anyway, here we are. I think we're in the seventh week, just before the great tribulation. So many shall, you know, and many shall be as deeds, all these shall be apostates. The close shall be elected, the elect righteous, the eternal plan of righteousness, to receive sevenfold instruction concerning all his creation. So, you will have, you will have, you know, at the tail end, we're at the beginning of the seventh week. We're at the very beginning of seven year, of a seven year period of great tribulation. And then you have the thousand year millennium. So at this, you know, at the close, shall be elected, the elect righteous of the church, plan of righteousness. And so he, go, he goes on, he is, he, he is just like Moses in his holy days, he's making another prophecy. Yeah. And that's why I think, one, he was the seventh generation born in the first week, which was, you know, the first thousand years after Adam and his wife Eve, his genetic clone Eve, was kicked out of the Garden of Eden, but they were... You know, they had within themselves, you know, mortality because they had chosen to be as wise as gods, and Satan lied to them, and he believed this lie, and Adam believed her lie, and so we are punished because of believing, believing in lies. So certainly Enoch, he was the seventh of that first week here. He was the seventh generation in the first you know, in the first week. So I'm not. I'm not sure if I, I. You know, if I had to add it up here, I'll find out whether or not Methuselah was born while Adam was still alive. You know, what I mean, or uh, sorry, Enoch was born while you know Methuselah while Adam was still alive. You know what I mean? And we well, Adam, more about Adam lived. Adam lived uh, what about seven hundred thirty years. years? Yeah, not nine hundred thirty yeah. years. So, in case, so let's go on to. Well, it says, it says 91, it says 91, but it's 94. Uh, it's actually 94, so we're going to read it. Verse 12, the last three weeks, and after that there shall be another, the eighth week, that of righteousness, and a sword shall be given 
to it that a righteous judgment may be executed on the oppressors, and sinners shall be delivered to the hands of the righteous. So this is talking about the sword shall be given to the righteous to execute judgment. Verse 13, and, and at its close, they shall acquire houses through their righteousness, and a house shall be built for the great king and glory forevermore. Remember, Joshua told us in the red letters that in his kingdom there are many mansions. All, all Yahweh's elect is going to have a mansion in his new Jerusalem, in, in his in the new heaven and new earth. And all mankind shall look to the path of, of uprightness. And after that, in the ninth week, the righteous judgment shall be revealed to the whole world, and all the works of the godless shall vanish from all the earth. So all these Illuminati, all these Freemasons, all these evil Wiggers and Anglo-Mestizos and Mongrels and Jews, all the evil they're done, and we won't even think about them anymore in the new heaven, new earth. We won't, not only will there be no evil acts or unrighteousness, we won't even remember that evil. And the world shall be written down for destruction. Verse 15, and after this, in the tenth week, in the seventh part, there shall be the, there shall be the great eternal judgment in which Yahweh will execute vengeance among the, amongst the angels. Verse 16, and the first heaven shall depart and pass away, and a new heaven shall appear. This is talking about the new heaven, new earth. After the old heaven, old earth is destroyed. And a new heaven shall appear, and all the powers of the heaven shall be given sevenfold light. So the new heaven and all the powers in it will be given seven times the amount of light they have now. Verse 17, and after that there will be many weeks without number forever. So you pretty much, after that, and the new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, you won't even, it's going to be eternity, so you won't even have to think about time and how to keep up with time because it's, it's like before Eve slept with Satan, there was really not, not much time, but there, there wasn't really a record. And before Eve was created and it was just Adam and Yahweh, there was no record of time there. Before Adam came down in a spaceship or translated into a flesh body, when the sons of Yahweh were with Yahweh for millions of years, there was no concept of time. or There was really no need for it. And all shall be in goodness and and righteousness. And sin shall no more be mentioned forever. So sin and all the evil sinners and all the wicked people that did it will never be mentioned again forever. Martin, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Well, we have another another couple weeks here, but uh, you know, pretty well in the you know tenth week in the seventh part. There shall be a great eternal judgment, which he will execute vengeance amongst the angels. So we're talking about the second resurrection here, and the first heaven shall depart and pass away, and a new heaven shall appear, and the powers of the heavens shall give sevenfold light. And then after that, there'll be many weeks without number forever. And all shall be in good goodness and righteousness, and sin shall no more be mentioned forever. So he's, he's predicting a timeline. Because I didn't know there would be an eighth week, a ninth week, or a tenth week. But anyway, you know, he is predicting, and maybe you know, maybe these weeks may not be as you know much as a thousand years. I'm not sure. But in any case, he does talk about the second resurrection. 
and then a new heaven and a new earth. So he parallels. He parallels Revelation, Revelation. chapter 21 and 22. So you want to go on to the next chapter? Yeah, the next chapter, it says 94, but it should be 95, but that's okay. The admonitions okay. to the righteous, verse 1, And now I say unto you, any my sons, love righteousness and walk therein. We are to meditate upon Yahweh's laws day and night. That's what the Old Testament says. That's what the red letters say. For the paths of righteousness are worthy of acceptation. But the paths of unrighteousness shall suddenly be destroyed and vanish. We're not to even think about anything unclean or evil. Verse 2, And a certain man of a generation shall the pass of violence and of death be revealed, and they shall hold themselves afar from them, and shall not follow them. Verse 3, And now I say unto you, The righteous walk not in the pass of wickedness, nor in the pass of death, and draw not nigh to them, lest you be destroyed. So we're not supposed to walk in the, in the path of evil. We're not supposed to hang out with people who do evil. We're supposed to get as far away from evil sin and evil doers as possible. Verse 4, but seek and choose for yourself righteousness and an elect life and walk in the paths of peace and you shall live and prosper. So we're supposed to try to live in peace with the non-Israelites and the heathen in as much as possible. We're not supposed to break bread with them, but if we encounter them during business or during our travels, we're supposed to try to live in peace. Now, that doesn't mean if you get carjacked or robbed at gunpoint or attacked, you don't have a right to defend yourself. But we are not to start a war until Yahweh comes back and tells us to help him slay the evil. Verse 5, and hold fast my words, any thoughts of because Babylon's imploding and being destroyed. We don't have to overthrow Zog. It's gonna it's gonna collapse. We just need to get out of the way and let let all the evildoers destroy each other. Verse five and hold fast my words and the thoughts of your hearts and suffer them not to be effaced from your hearts. For I know that sinners will tempt men to evil evilly entreat wisdom so that no place may be found for her. So sinners will try to get you not to believe in the red letters. They'll tell you the law is done away with. You can do whatever you want. So we don't need to listen to any of those evil bastards. And no manner of temptation may minish. This is the woes for the sinners. Now Enoch is going to talk not to the elect but to the sinners. Verse 6, woe to those who build unrighteousness and oppression, and lay deceit as a foundation, for they shall be suddenly overthrown. We know Satan is all about deceit. We know the fallen angels. We know Satan's kids are all about deceit. But there's a lot of wiggers that follow after the serpent seed, and Satan also that look to lie and steal and murder. Okay? They lay a deceit, lay deceit as a foundation, for they shall be suddenly overthrown, and they shall have no peace. That's kind of like the psalm where King David says when he's praying to Yahweh that all these snares and traps that his enemies and Yahweh's enemies tried to set before King David, 
King David prayed to Yahweh that he would turn their own traps against them. So we need to pray that all this, all the plans that FEMA and Zog has to destroy the white race and to invade it with Zog, Gog and Magog and China and Russia and all these Muslim nations and communist nations, we need to pray that their own trap is going to be a turn against them. Verse, uh, I'm sorry, for their, all their foundations shall be overthrown and by the, hold on. Seven, woe to those who build their houses with sin for, let me see, okay, build their houses with sin for all their foundations shall be overthrown, and by the sword they shall fall. And those who acquire gold and silver in judgment suddenly shall perish. So if you acquire gold and silver, that means you steal it from somebody, you're going to perish. Verse 8. Woe to you, you rich, for you have trusted in your riches. We're not to trust in our money. And from the riches you shall depart, because you have not remembered the most high in the days of your riches. You have committed blasphemy and unrighteousness and have become ready for the day of slaughter. So most of these people that get rich, even the Wiggers that get rich, they have to serve Satan and his kids in the evil system they had to blaspheme Yahweh and say the law is done away with and anything goes. And they had to themselves have to commit sin and be unrighteous to get rich. And you have become ready for the day of slaughter and the day of darkness and the day of the great judgment. Verse 10, thus I speak and declare unto you, he who hath created you will, will overthrow you. So Yahweh created everything pure and now he's going to destroy all the evil. And for you... For your father shall be no compassion, and your creator will rejoice at your destruction. This means Yahweh is going to take great pleasure in destroying the wicked. Not just the Jews and Satan, but the wiggers. Verse 11, and your righteous ones in those days shall be a reproach to the sinners and the godless. Well, the righteous, the elect, the true the true Israelite identity that fears Yahweh and keeps his commandments, we are a reproach to the sinners and the godless. They hate the truth. Hey, Martin, do you want to go over that? Yeah, what chapter did you just cover here? I got... Well, I it, got it's actually... Hold on, hold on. It actually says... It actually says 94, but it's the fifth chapter in, in this index, but it's 94... So if you go to index and you go down, there's 94. Well, actually, it says 94. There is only one in the index, but it's actually the fifth chapter. So 94. Chapter 94. So it's 94. Yeah, 94. So we talk to his sons here. Be righteous. Walk therein. And, you know, some of you will be able to see this path, but you'll choose not to walk into it here. And don't walk in the paths of the right wickedness here. Don't know in the paths of death here. And he says, I know says, was tap man to evilly entreat wisdom. Well, this is sort of like what Satan did to Eve here, to evilly entreat wisdom. So that no place shall be found for her, and no manner of temptations may diminish. And then he goes on, Woe to them that build unrighteousness and oppression, and lay deceit as a foundation, for they shall be suddenly overthrown, they shall have no peace. Well, folks, that's, that's what any wicked government is. You know, through deceit, through oppression, through rest here. 
they make sure that they have something which has been built upon a foundation of sand, literally. So, who build their houses with sand, and from their foundation shall they be overthrown, and by the sword shall they fail here. Christ said much the same thing, is that a house which is built upon sand, a castle built upon sand, cannot, com- you know, cannot continue. And those who acquire gold and silver in judgment suddenly shall perish. Woe to you, you rich, for you have trusted your riches, and from your riches shall you depart, because you have not remembered the most high in the days of your riches. You have committed blasphemy and unrighteousness, and become ready for a day of slaughter. So, hey, you have, you have those who worship well-being. Essentially, don't trust in Yahweh. They trust in their own riches. And so you've committed blasphemy and unrighteousness. Become ready for days of slaughter, days of darkness, and day of the great judgment. Thus I speak and declare unto you, he who has created you shall overthrow you, and for your father shall be no compassion, and your creator will rejoice at your destruction. The books should choose evil. You know, you are, you, you are, you have a soul, and you choose evil. Yahweh will rejoice himself at your destruction, and your righteousness, and your righteousness one of those days shall be a reproach to the sinners and the godless. Folks, just like the man of Psalms said, how dare you judge us? How dare you judge us? Mm-hmm. And later on, it says that the man of Judah These Psalms people have no fear of Yahweh, them. no respect of Yahweh. They don't really think Yahweh, even these wiggers that go to Judeo-Christian churches, they they don't believe Yahweh is going to do what he said he's going to do. They think Yahweh changed his mind and there's a new plan and we're all going the same place. And I mean, I've heard all these Judeo-Christian wiggers say that. But, I mean, but there is a place for them. And no, there is no place for them. Only destruction. No. And that's what they shall get because that is what they have earned. That's so, right. You want to go on to this, 95? Yeah, we're going to get, let's see, hold on. We went to, uh, so we're actually on 95. Here we go. We're going to go right, on this, talks, this talks about Enoch's grief. 95 talks about Enoch's grief, the fresh woes against the sinners. Okay, verse 1. Oh, that mine eyes were a cloud of waters, that I might weep over you. So Enoch is actually feeling sorry for some of these unrepentant wiggers saying, look, I know what's fixing to come upon you, and it, all you that don't repent, the, you know, and and Enoch says that I might weep over you and pour down my tears as a cloud of waters that so I might rest from my, trub, my trouble of heart. Who has permitted you to practice reproaches and wickedness, and so judgment shall overtake you sinners? So who has allowed the wiggers to do all this evil and blasphemy against Yahweh and against the elect? Who has allowed them? Well, Satan and his kids, that are, Satan's the god of this world and his fallen angels and his kids, the serpent seed like the Rothschilds, they have enabled, they have rewarded these wicked wiggers for doing evil. Fear not the sinners, ye righteous. So now... You know, Enoch saying, look, you righteous people that are being persecuted, fear not. For again, will the Lord deliver you into them into your hands that you may execute judgment upon them according to your desires. So, Yahweh, on the day of judgment, he will use his elect to destroy the wicked people. Remember in Matthew, 
Verse 4, woe to you who fulminate anathemas which cannot be reversed. Healing shall therefore be far from you because of your sins. So what he's saying is there's some sins and there's some sinners that have done so much evil, like the one-third of fallen angels. They went to Enoch and they begged, they, you know, we want to be forgiven. Everything they did was evil against Yahweh. It wasn't just one or two things. They did evil continually and made an eternal pact among each other that they would destroy all the pure creations of Yahweh. There are some Israelites, there are some Uyghurs, that they they aren't just your average sinner that needs to repent and come back to Yahweh. There's some of them that are so evil. They've made a pact with the devil. They've joined the Illuminati. They've married Jews. They've even helped destroy their fellow white man that they can't be reversed. Remember Yahweh said there's some sins that can't be forgiven in red letters, Yeshua. Healing shall therefore be far from you because of your sins. Verse 5, woe to you who resquite your neighbor with evil, for you shall be requited according to your works. If you do your if you do evil to your white neighbors, it's going to come back to you. Verse 6, woe to you lying witnesses and to those who weigh out injustice, for suddenly you shall perish. Yahweh hates liars. Look at all the false accusations that occur against the elect. I mean, I, I see white people lie all the time about me and about other about Yahweh and about other Israelites all the time. They don't have any fear. They love it. And they also, they, they weigh out injustice. Okay, look at our court system. Look at the people in power. Are they doing right by Yahweh and the white race? No, they're doing evil. Verse 7, woe to you sinners, for you persecute the righteous, for you shall be delivered up and persecuted because of injustice. And heavy shall its yoke be upon you. So Enoch saying here, look, the day of reckoning is going to come and Yahweh himself and his elect, his righteous Israelite sons, are going to help administer judgment when he comes back, and they will destroy the wicked. Hey, Martin, that was 95. Do you have a comment? In this chapter, in this chapter, it continues, it continues to where Enoch is yet, you know, like like Noah, preaching to the wicked, you know, and you know, from my gather, during his son Methuselah's time, things had not gotten really, 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 really bad just yet here. But what happens is that three hundred some years into Methuselah's time, you know, well. I mean, during the, you know, I, I, I don't have the Bible real quick here, but essentially it tells how old Methuselah was when he begot Noah. But Methuselah had other brothers and sisters of Enoch who were righteous. And Noah, Noah married his, you know, essentially he married his, uh, he married his aunt, so he married his father's sister, you know what I mean? who was the son of Methuselah. So Methuselah, Methuselah had righteous brothers and sisters at the time because, hey, Noah married essentially a daughter, a daughter of, uh, he married a daughter of Methuselah, you know, a, a daughter 
of Methuselah. You know what I mean? Because Methuselah was, was uh, the grandfather of Noah. So you still had these, you know, you still had, at least in Enoch's time, his children were mainly righteous. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Fear not the sinners. I mean, there don't was still... Fear. You don't fear. You don't fear the sinners. You don't fear the evil. I mean, one of the things that nerves, essentially, the criminals around here is that I'm not scared of them. You know what I mean? I am not scared of them at all. I, you know, treat them well like the criminals and the evil people that they are. And so they... I don't know. I, I've always tried to go ahead and live like I thought the prophets and like Christ would. You know, I've tried to live. You know, I've not. I've not always succeeded, but I've tried to live like, you know, these men of God would act here, and that is, you know, that is how you should act here. You should try to go ahead and model yourself over their righteous behavior, but you don't fear the sinners. The sinners are the damned. The sinners are the doomed. You know what I mean? Woe you who from an anathemas which cannot be worse, healing therefore shall be far from me because of your sins. So these people are wicked, these people are evil, these people are sinful. And so as a result they will get what they deserve, which is not a you know, which is not a reward. Their reward is a punishment. You know what I mean? Woe to you lying witness yeah. suit. That lying bitch here, that lying bitch Lana Price and Kara Copper. And all these damn cops in Granby, and these crooked, you know, you know, homosexual, you know, judges who just, you know, go ahead and decide to grow a beard or whatever here. These evil people, these evil people, create, you know, create wickedness here, and their children will, you know, their ch- children will be punished because of their father's evil. Woe to you sinners, for you persecute the righteous, and you shall be delivered up and persecuted because of injustice. And heavy shall its yoke be upon you. And folks, that is what is coming here. That is what's coming to the Zogland. Nothing good. Nothing we'll good. We'll go on to uh, 96. 90, uh, yeah, we're going on to 96, Martin. Here we go. This is the grounds of hopefulness for the righteous and woes for the wicked. So once again, Enoch is going to emphasize not to lose heart. If you are repentant and you've turned back to Yahweh and you're part of the Israelite elect, don't lose heart. You continue to follow, you continue to fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. Verse 1, be hopeful, ye righteous, for suddenly shall the sinners perish before you and you shall have lordship over them. Okay, folks, looks like Logan got hung up. I'm expecting him to call pretty soon. Trying to unmute you, Logan. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mark. Evidently, my two hours was up. I didn't know we had been on for two hours, so evidently. I've been on for two hours. I got moved off here, and then yeah. you stopped abruptly. Do you have two cell phones or just one? I just have one phone. I'm thinking about getting another phone. I probably should. I don't know why, but in any case, it works fine. It's just that it has you on two things, and 
you you know, after two hours, here. And I, after two hours, talks you automatically kicks you off. I think. I'm not gonna be doing yeah. Still there? All right. Well, look, let me go ahead and continue here. We're on ninety six. We're on ninety six. Okay. We're on ninety six. We're on ninety six. Be hopeful, you righteous, for suddenly shall the sinners perish before you, and you shall have. Lordship over them according to your desires. And in the verse 2, and in the day of the tribulation of the sinners, your children shall mount and rise as eagles, and higher than the vultures will be your nest. And you shall ascend and enter the crevices of the earth and the cliffs of the rock forever as conies before the, unri- the unrighteous. And the sirens shall sigh because of you and weep. Wherefore, fear not, ye that have suffered, for healing shall be your portion. And a bright light shall enlighten you, and the voice of rest you shall hear from heaven. Woe unto you, you sinners, for your riches make you appear like the righteous. So all these people with money make themselves the outward cup, like the Pharisees and Sadducees. They look polished, and they look real clean, but inside they're they're dark and evil. But your hearts convict you of being sinners. And this fact shall be a testimony against you for a memorial of your evil deeds. Verse 5, Woe to you who devour the finest of the wheat and drink wine in large bowls and tread underfoot the lowly with your might. So all these people that have sold out to Satan and are rich and powerful, uh, they're living high and mighty and they've got it easy. They've got the best of everything. But they're treading underfoot. They're helping walk. I mean, they have to walk over the poor uh, white people to get where they're at. They have to help destroy them. Verse six, and they don't even they don't even try to help them out, lift a finger. They don't try to better their life. Verse six, woe to you who drink water from every fountain, for suddenly you shall be consumed and withered away, because you have forsaken the fountain of life. The fountain of life is Yahweh. Verse seven, woe to you who who work unrighteousness and deceit and blasphemy. So if you lie and you blaspheme Yahweh and call him a liar and you do evil, it shall be a memorial against you for evil. Woe to you, ye mighty, with might oppress the righteous. So these people that have the power, the police, the military, uh, they have the power to beat up on and persecute the righteous and the poor Israelites. Their day of their destruction is coming, it says. In those days, many and good days shall come to the righteous in the day of your judgment. So as soon as Yahweh destroys the wicked, our time is coming. Right now, we're not to enjoy this evil world. There's nothing good about this world. Satan is the god of this world. So we're to, we're to hate this evil world, and, and every second we have to live in it. And we are to pray that Yahweh comes back and destroys the old heaven and old earth so that we can live in peace and righteousness with Yahweh forever. Hey, Martin, that was uh, 96. You got a comment? No, that seems you know, it's pretty well of a par with what you've been reading already. Let's go on to 97. 97, here we go. This deals with the evils in store for sinners and the possessors of unrighteous wealth. Uh. Verse 1, believe you righteous that the sinners will become a shame and perish in the day of unrighteousness. Be it known unto you, you sinners, that the Most High is mindful of your destruction, and the angels of heaven rejoice over your destruction. 
Verse 3, what will you do, you sinners, and whither will you flee on that day of judgment? They can't run from Yahweh. They think that they're going to, Satan and his kids think they're going to destroy Yahweh. But they're not going to be able to run. They're not going to be able to hide. When you hear the voice of the prayer of the righteous, verse 4, you shall fare like unto them against whom this word shall be a testimony. You have been companions of sinners. Verse 5, and in those days the prayers of the righteous shall reach unto Yahweh, and for you the days of your judgment shall come. Verse 6, and all the words of your unrighteousness shall be tread out before the great Holy One, and your faces shall be covered with shame, and he will reject every work which is grounded on unrighteousness. Well, Yahweh rejected the works of Cain, because he was unrighteous and he was evil. And he's going to reject not only Satan and the fallen angels and Cain and all his descendants, the Jews, but Yahweh's going to reject the Uyghurs, the white race traitor proselytes that have done evil too. Woe to you, you sinners who live on the mid-ocean and on the dry land, whose remembrance is evil against you. Woe to you who acquire silver and gold in unrighteousness, the people that have gotten filthy rich by by doing evil to get there, and you say, we have become rich and and with riches and have possessions and have, and, and have acquired everything we have desired. Look at all these rich people that brag about how, how great they've got it, how smart they are. I know people in identity that brag about how they don't have to work and they got a lot of money and how... All these other white people have to work real hard, and they make fun of them. I know, I know a lot of uh, famous people in identity that do that. Verse 9, and now let us do what we purposed, for we have gathered silver, and many are the husband husbandmen in our houses, and our granuaries are full as with water. Yea, and like water your lives shall flow away. For riches shall not abide, your riches shall not abide, but speedily ascend from you. For you have acquired it all in unrighteousness, and you shall be given over to a great curse. So pretty much anybody that is a white person that gets filthy rich today, you have to sell your soul to Satan and his kids to get there. And how many, I, I know I know a lady in identity. She was taught identity in Buddy Johnson's church. She inherited, she got a Freemason lawyer. Her husband died working for the railroad. She got a Freemason lawyer, and she uh, she got $30 million tax-free, and she never did anything good for it. Her, her kids and her family fought over it. She never donated to other identity preachers. She never tried to help anybody else in identity. She never did anything good for the widows or the orphans. So all that wealth that she thought she had, it's not going to be, I mean, it was a curse. She's going to be cursed. She's cursed. Hey, Martin, are you there? That was 92. Martin. I'm fixing to go to 93, Martin. All right, we're going to go to. Let me, let me look at it real quick here. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to go ahead and finish the book of Munich tonight. It's what? Well, we can go to a stopping point. We've done 90. Let's see how many more ch- uh, chapters are in this section here. This is called the conclusion section of the book. You know, we can finish 
the appendix, the fragment of Book of Noah, which is only two chapters, and we can finish some of this next Thursday if you want. How 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 many more chapters do you want to do tonight? Do you, well, hey, look, hey, if we do ninety, if that if we do ninety eight, that was ninety seven. If we do ninety eight and ninety nine. Then we could either stop at 100, or yeah, we could stop it, and then we could pick up at 100. So if we do two more chapters, we'll stop at 99, and then we'll pick up at chapter 100 on Thursday. Sure. So you want to? Let me see what uh, 97. Oh, we, we just did, we, we just store. did 97. What we just did 97. If we do 98, and 99, we could stop, and then we can pick up 100. If you want. Okay. Evil, evil in store for sinners and possessions of unrighteous wealth here. Uh, you know, evildoers are not going to bed. But on the other hand, I don't see too many evildoers nowadays reading the Book of Enoch at all for religious no. instruction. I don't see anybody in identity so, uh, teaching the Book of Enoch, Martin. Okay. So. They talk about it. They talk about it, but they don't teach it. I mean, a lot of people talk a lot of stuff, but they don't they don't teach it, Martin. Well, let's go on to 98, and then we'll go ahead and see what we'll 99 do 98, has. Okay, 98, 99 are pretty lengthy. All right, we'll do oh, 98. 98, 99? Okay, let's do yeah, 98. Yeah, 98, 99, yeah. and then we'll stop, and then we'll stop. Okay, self-indulgement of sinners, sin originated by man, all sin recorded in heaven, woe for the sinners. This is talking about 98, chapter first one. And now I swear unto you, to the wise and to the foolish, for you have manifold experiences on the earth. For you shall put on more adornments than a woman and colored garments more than a virgin in royalty and in grandeur and power and in silver and gold and in purple and in splendor and in food. They shall be poured out as water. Therefore, they shall be wanting in doctrine and wisdom and they shall perish thereby together with their possessions and with all their glory and their splendor. So if you trust in material things and you don't fear Yahweh and keep his commandments and trust in him, you're going to be destroyed. The arm of flesh ain't going to save you. And with all their glory and their splendor and in shame and in slaughter and great destitution, their spirit shall be cast into the furnace of fire. So they're going to hell. Remember, it's impossible for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Remember? Verse 4, I have sworn unto you, you sinners of the mountain, has not become a slave, and a hill does not become the handmaid of a woman. Even so, sin has not been sent upon the earth, but man of himself has created it. And under a great curse shall they fall who commit it. And barrenness has not been given to the woman, but on account of the deeds of her own hands, she dies without children. Okay, so this means that it's not natural for women to be barren, but because of her own evil and sin, she will die without children. Look at all the women, look at all the yuppie women. They go to college, they get an education, and the Jews tell them, you know, don't get married when you're young and have kids. You can be a little a fuck toy, you can be a, a, a bisexual, uh, you can sleep around, you can race mix. And then maybe when you get 40 or 50, maybe if you decide to pretend to go back to the white race and get a white man and have maybe one or two babies. Now, he's saying here the women that don't, that do that kind of stuff, 
They're not going to be conceiving children. Verse 6, I have sworn unto you, you sinners, by the, by the Holy Great One, that all your evil deeds are revealed in the heavens, and that none of your deeds of oppression are covered and hidden. Verse 7, and do not think in your spirit nor say in your heart that ye do not know and that ye do not see that every sin is every day recorded in heaven and in the presence of the Most High Yahweh. From henceforth you know that all your oppression wherewith you oppress is written down every day till the day of your judgment. Woe to you, ye fools, for through your folly shall ye perish, and ye transgress against the wise, and so good hap shall not be your portion. And now know ye that ye are prepared for the day of destruction. Wherefore, do not hope to live, ye sinners, but ye shall depart and die, for ye know no ransom. For ye are prepared for the day of great judgment, for the day of tribulation, and great shame for your spirits. So he's saying that, you know, they're too far gone, they're too evil, and that they've had their easy life on this earth, they made a lot of money, they sold their soul to Satan, and now they're going to be destroyed. Verse 11, Woe to ye, ye obstinate of heart, who work wickedness and eat blood. Well, we know the Illuminati drinks blood and eats blood. Whence have ye good things to eat and to drink and to be filled? Remember in Revelation it talks about the great whore that drinks the blood of the saints? Well, that's the Illuminati, that's Satan, that's the serpent seed. From all the good things which the Lord the Most High has placed in the abundance of the earth, therefore ye shall have no peace. Woe to you who love the deeds of evil, unrighteousness. Wherefore do ye hope for good hap unto yourselves? Know that ye shall be delivered into the hands of the righteous. So, when the day of judgment comes, Yahweh and his righteous elect, his sons, are going to destroy these wicked people. And they shall cut off your necks and slay you and have no mercy upon you. Woe to you who rejoice in the tribulation of the righteous, for no grave shall be dug for you. Woe to you who set at naught the word of the righteous, for you shall have no hope of life. Woe to you who write down lying and godless words, for they write down their lies that men may hear from them and act godlessly towards their neighbor. So all these people that hear the Jews and hear the proselytes, a lot of them on TV and in the movies and, and the rock and roll music, and they blaspheme Yahweh and they tell them that good is evil and evil is good. And the stupid wiggers are going to be following the Pied Piper and they're going to godlessly follow these, these, these idiots down the broad road to hell. Therefore, they shall have no peace but die a sudden death. Martin, we got one more chapter, 99. Do you want to comment on 98? Okay, we're going to do nine. We're going to do oh, ninety-nine. Oh, oh. We're going to okay. yeah. we did. I wanted to, I wanted to comment. I wanted to comment uh, real quickly here. This was what ninety-eight. Yeah. Okay. The self-indulgence is there. Sin originated by man. All sin recorded in heaven. You know, woes for the sinners here. So he goes on. She, you, you don't put on more adornments than a woman. Or in color garments more than a virgin, royalty and grandeur and power, you don't make a big thing of yourself. No, they, therefore, they should be wanting in doctrine and wisdom. They shall perish thereby with their possessions and with all their glory and their splendor. And this slame, shame and slaughter and great destitution. Their spirits shall be cast in the furnace of fire. 
So, you know, uh, so moving on here, even so, you know, even so sin has not been set upon the earth, but man of himself is created here. You know, by going along with evil, by essentially believing evil, serving evil, you know, pretty well our fathers went ahead and made themselves mortal. So now we must, in our own lives, you know, make things better here. And I, I was thinking about embarrassment has not been given to the woman, but on account of deeds of her own hands, she dies without children here. You know, I'm thinking yeah. of Mona Montgomery, who essentially yeah. she she aborted she aborted any you know children she would have possibly have by whatever meerkat she was hunting. And this only and this only applies to the pure white women, Martin, and the ones that want to go be whores and sleep around and not just fuck a lot of white men, but they want to experiment and and they want to screw uh, niggers and beaners and Jews. So but even sir, if they do, even if they do have children later in life, it's going to be religiousized and mongrelized. So they're not going to. This, I mean, this is a this is a wonderful this is a wonderful couplet. You know, the Book of Enoch, chapter ninety-eight. Verse 5, and barrenness has not been given to the woman, but on account of the deeds of her own hands, she dies yeah. without children. You know what I mean? Just like Eve, I mean, just like Eve, Eve chose to slept with Satan, and then the whole, all, all, Seth and all the other white race after them, they lost their Shekinah energy, you know, because Eve chose to follow after Satan instead of be faithful to her husband. Adam. Woe to you, you fools, for through your folly shall you perish, and you transgress against the wise. So good, so good hap, you know, good happenstance shall not be your portion. And now know you are prepared for a day of destruction, wherefore you do not hope to live, you sinners, but you will depart and die, for you know no ransom. For you are prepared for the day of great judgment, for the day of tribulation, and great shame, you know, for your spirits. So, it, it is about the days of trouble, the days of tri- you know, tribulation, where there's nothing to look forward to except for your demise. Wherefore, they shall have no peace but die a sudden death. Yep. Let's go on to 99, and we'll finish at 99 and do a prayer. Okay. All right. After 99, we'll, do, we'll finish and do a prayer. Okay. 99, woes pronounced on the godless, the lawbreakers. Evil plight of sinners in the last days and further woes. And this would apply to all the Judeo Christians and all the identity people that say the laws are done away with. Chapter 99. Woe to you who work godlessness and glory and lying and extol them. That's all they do. The Wiggers just lie 24 7, just like the Satan and their, their, their Jew masters. And glory and lying extol them. You shall perish and no happy life shall be yours. Woe to them who who pervert the words of the upright and Yahweh in the red letters and transgress the eternal law of Yahweh and transform themselves into what they were not, into sinners. So when you choose to turn your back on Yahweh and his laws, you are a sinner and you're evil. They shall be trodden underfoot upon the earth. Verse 3, in those days, make ready, you righteous, to raise your prayers as a memorial and place them as a testimony before the angels that they may place the sin of the sinners for a memorial before the Most High, Yahweh. In those days, the nations shall be stirred up, and the families of the nations shall arise on the day of destruction. 
And in those days, the destitute shall go forth and carry off their children, and they shall abandon them, so that their children shall perish through them. Yeah, they shall abandon their children that are still sucklings and not return to them, and they shall have no pity on their beloved ones. So this is saying that if you're part of the elect, your own family that doesn't repent and follow after Yahweh, they're going to perish, and you're not even going to shed a tear. Verse 6, and again, I swear unto you, you sinners, that sin is prepared for a day of unceasing bloodshed, and they who worship stones and graven images of gold. If you worship statues and idols and worship money, and you worship silver and gold and wood and stone and clay, and those who worship impure spirits and demons, and all kinds of idols, not according to knowledge, shall get no manner of help from them. So your false gods are not going to save you. You will be destroyed because you didn't fear Yahweh and keep his commandments. Verse 8, And they shall become godless by reason of the folly of their hearts, and they their eyes shall be blinded through the fear of their hearts, and, the, and through vision in their dreams, though these they shall become godless and fearful, for they shall have wrought all the work in a lie and shall have worshipped a stone. Therefore, in an instant shall they perish. But in those days, blessed are all those who accept the words of wisdom and understand them, and observe the paths of the Most High, and walk in the path of his righteousness, and become not godless with the godless. So you're not supposed to hang out with anybody that's a sinner or evil, that doesn't repent. You're supposed to cut ties with them. For they shall be saved. If you if you truly fear Yahweh and keep His commandments and walk humbly, you will be saved. If you're an Israelite, verse eleven: Woe to you who spread evil to your neighbors, for you shall be slain in hell. Woe to you who make deceitful and false measures, and to them who cause bitterness on the earth, for they shall thereby be utterly consumed. Woe to you who build your houses through the grievous toil of others. So if you get rich and increase your wealth at the expense of other people because you didn't work hard and you didn't earn it, okay, then you're going to be destroyed. And all their buildings, materials, are the bricks and stones of sin. That's called blood money, you know. When you you do, uh, do evil to get ahead and get rich, that's blood money. I tell you, you shall have no peace. Woe to them who reject the measure and eternal heritage of their fathers, and those souls follow after idols, for they shall have no rest. Woe to them who work unrighteousness and help oppression and slay their neighbors until the day of the great judgment. Well, let's look. Look at all the evil people in power that start wars, the judges, the police, the military that slay their neighbors, and they think that they think it's okay. They think they can have their their neighbors. Uh, they can steal from them and, and falsely imprison them, and torture them and, and abuse them, and that that's going to be okay. Verse sixteen: For he Yahweh shall cast down your glory, and bring affliction on your heart, and shall arouse his Yahweh's fierce indignation. What did Yahweh say? What did Yahshua in the red letter say? Vengeance is mine, and I will repay. 
and destroy you all with the sword, and all the holy and righteous shall remember your sins. So at the time of judgment, Yahweh and all his elect will remember all the evil that was done to them, not just by Satan and his kids, the Jews, and the fallen angels, but by all the wicked proselytes. Okay, Martin, we're going to stop at chapter 89 and pick up on, or 99, and we'll pick up chapter 100 Thursday. Do you have any comment before I do a prayer? Uh, yeah, let me just go ahead and comment uh, 99. It goes ahead and put you on the same, in the same, you know, vein. He goes ahead and says, Will you spread evil to your neighbor? For you shall be slain in Sheol, which means hell. Will you make deceitful and false measures, and those who cause bitterness on the earth, or they shall be early concealed. Soon. Woe to you who build your house to the grievous toil of others, and all their building materials are the bricks and stones of sin. I tell you, you shall have no peace. This is, this is, ra- this is rather poetic, isn't it? You know what I mean? Woe to them who work unrighteousness and help oppression, and slay their neighbors till day of the great judgment. For he has cast down your glory to bring affliction to your hearts. He will, he will arouse his fierce indignation and destroy you all with a sword. And all the holy and righteous shall remember your sins. So anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and start at chapter 100. 100. 100. 100. Let me go ahead and say a prayer. Hey, Martin, let me go ahead and say a prayer, and then we can sure. discuss a few things before you you close it out before your movement turn. I'll go ahead and pray to end the Bible study portion of this show. Okay, folks, we're going to pray, go to Yahweh in prayer here. Dear Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we come to you with deep uh, love for your word and for your laws, and uh, we just we want to give you thanks for everything that you've done for us. We we realize, Father Yahweh, we don't just have the Old Testament laws and the red letters that mirror the Old Testament perfectly, where Yahshua did not come to destroy the law or the prophets. And the law is forever, even when the new heaven and new Jerusalem and new earth are created, they're forever. And the prophecies will not fail. Like we're told in the writings of Paul that the prophecies are going to fail. We don't believe that, Yahweh, because you said otherwise, the red letters. But, Father Yahweh, we come to you in prayer because we've studied tonight, we've studied more of the book of Enoch, and uh, it further mirrors the red letters and revelations and the Old Testament, and it further reinforces that the law was never done away with that the law is not impossible to keep, as the Apostle Paul is quoted as saying, it is not impossible to keep, and that the law is not a curse, as the Apostle Paul is quoted as saying. And we think that Apostle Paul was chosen from the tribe of Benjamin, but that he went off the reservation. Either that, or he's grossly mistranslated, unlike any other author in the Bible. Either way, Father Yahweh, 100% 100% of the Judeo-Christians love and worship Paul and his bad teachings that go against the red letters and go against all the Old Testament. And the majority of so-called identity worship and love the writings of Paul, but they really don't love the law. They don't fear you, Yahweh. They don't think you're going to do what you said you're going to do. They think you're a liar. 
just like the Hollywood movies and the rock and roll music. They call you a liar, Yahweh, just like the one seed liners say there's no devil, that you, Yahweh, are half good and half evil, and that you have a dark side. We don't believe that, Yahweh. The Freemasons believe that. The Illuminati believes that. But we don't believe that. We are part of your elect. And even if there's only 100 Israelites left when you come back that truly believe you, one with you is majority. Even if there's only eight, like in the flood of Noah, one with you is a majority, Father Yahweh. And we we hate this evil world and this world, this old heaven and old earth that we're living in, Father, will never be good. And that's why you yourself said you're going to destroy it. And Enoch further reinforced that. He said there will be no good until you come back and destroy the old, old heaven, the old earth, and all the people doing evil. And we know that you are going to, Father Yahweh. And we will live in peace and in poverty and humbleness and in meekness and in fear. We'll respect you and love you and keep your commandments, Father Yahweh. And we don't want to be part of any other group of people, whether they're Israelite or Anglo-Mestizos or Mongols or Jews. Anybody that doesn't fear you and keep all your commandments, even if they're our own family, our own household, we have to cut them off, Father Yahweh. And that is what we must do, and that is what we will do. Because if we don't, we're not putting you first. So, Father Yahweh, we pray for the elect that has died and that is waiting for you to come back. We pray for the elect that's living right now, ever how small it may be. And ever how few that elect may come in the future before you do come back. We don't think there's going to be a lot. There's not a lot of pure Israelites left on the earth right now. And there never has been a lot of a lot of uh, uh, remnant or elect in all the 8,000 years since Adam, since you went to Adam and you told Adam you were coming in five and a half days and you were going to redeem him and that you were going to bring him back into your fold, into the New Jerusalem. You told Adam that. You said that you told Adam that only a remnant of his seed would be in the New Jerusalem, that not not everybody would make it. And, and that's what we believe, Father Yahweh. But we pray for the remnant, that they will be faithful to you, and that they will patiently wait and suffer and wait for and realize that there will never be good until the, the new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem is created, and Satan's taken out of power and destroyed, and so are all his followers. And you are the only King of kings and Lord of lords, Father Yahweh. And that is what we want. That is what we pray for. In your name, Yahweh, so be it. Hey, Martin. Uh, you know, the, yeah. book of Enoch, the book of Enoch totally uh, validifies and is, is in line with the rest of the lost books I've read the Old Testament, the red letters, and Revelation. But the writings of Paul are not in alignment with any of that. And when Paul says that the law is a curse, when Paul says it's impossible to keep the law, when Paul says that um, Yahweh changed his mind and there's a new way, when Paul says that prophecies are going to fail, 
And Yahweh in a flesh body, Yahshua himself, the Messiah, read a letter, said, He didn't come to destroy the laws, they're forever, and they're not impossible to keep. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. And also, and also, Yahweh said that none of his prophecies are going to fail, but Paul said prophecies will fail. So who are we to believe? Are we to believe Yahweh and Yahshua and John the Baptist and Enoch and Elijah? Are we to believe John the Revelator that wrote Revelations? Are we to, are we to believe Barnabas and John Mark, the same Mark that wrote the Gospel of Mark, that Paul hated and would not forgive and tried to get Barnabas and all the other apostles to turn on John Mark? He would not forgive him. Yahweh said, if you don't forgive your brother, he's, uh, 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 he's not going to forgive you. Are we to believe Paul and worship him and get our ears tingled and go do whatever we want and go down the broad road to hell? Or are we to fear Yahweh and keep his commandments, Martin? What are we to do? Well, uh, of course, I'm, I'm not a Paulian. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to... Proposed taking the books of Paul out of the Bible, but no, I haven't. I haven't proposed that. I haven't proposed that. We have seen, as we have seen, you know, with the Book of Jasher, the Cave of Treasures, and with uh, now the Book of Enoch, because we see that these books, which supposedly are apocrypha, that they tell the rest of the story, and where they do not disagree, but rather back up Scripture. We should take that as a yet another witness to their validity and, uh, of course, a validity of the scriptures here. Uh, in the case of Paul, where, well, you can't keep the, you know, I'm, I'm sort of reminded of Zogbot Silly Roper to where Zogbot Silly, you know, he's saying, is that, you know, uh, natural selection created the species? Well, no, uh, I disagree with that. But more the point, why do you pretend to be Christian and dandy? Why do you pretend to be dual seed line Christian and dandy? Why don't you yeah. to say you're Darwinian seed line Christian and dandy? There you, know, you go. Butler, when Butler gave him permission to eat pork or bacon or whatever. You know, no. I well, mean, you, well, I yourself, mean you, know, you know, okay, so Butler's his God. Yahweh's not his God because he's listening to Butler, not Yahweh. If Jim Wickstrom tells you, I mean, I've heard Jim Wickstrom say the law is done away with and you can do whatever you want. I've heard Buddy Johnson say that. So, fine, well, you're worshiping Jim Wickstrom or Richard Butler or Buddy yourself. Johnson or Wesley Swift, but you are not following Yahweh and his commandments. You're not. No. You need to essentially the covenant or the law, you know, essentially what happens is that, you know, the covenant is what binds you and brings you to Yahweh. You know, if you don't want, if you don't want, if you don't want Yahweh's law, and it's not written in your heart, it's because you're some little mongrel bastard, you know, or essentially you're someone who has chosen evil. So essentially you're a, you're a bastard either, either by conception or by your own, by your own, because you love your own sins here. I mean, essentially, what you've done is you've turned yourself into a Canaanite. You know, no less here. You're just simply a Canaanite which wants to hang around. Yeah, if, you're a, white, if you are a white race trader and you are doing evil and following after Satan and his kids, the Jews, then you are a wannabe Jew. You're acting like a Jew, 
And you that's the uh, worst thing you because and you, know, so you are twice the child of hell. You are twice as bad as the serpent seed who can't help it because they can't help but do evil, and you chose willingly to do evil. You chose we the path of damnation, and that's why I really like. That's why I really like the Book of Enoch here. That's why I really like the Book of you know Barnabas now. When we've seen that spurious epistle of Barnabas, it didn't take us very long to reject that crap, now did it? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because, yeah, that's you right. Know, the Islamicist crap here, you know what I mean? Yeah, Islam, Islam. You know, it's sort of, like, you know, sort of like the Book of Mormon crap here. I went ahead and read it, you know, and, you know to please my grandmother. I skimmed through the Book of Mormon, and I went, to their, I went to their services one time a long time ago before I was identity, and I knew they were phony back then, but I didn't. I didn't read the whole book. Well, I read it. I read it when I was twelve. But I know. I know. I read sections of it. I know it does not line up with the scriptures. And they actually tell no, you. They actually tell you. They, I mean, they say they go by the Bible in the Book of Mormon, but when you get in their service, they never use the Bible. What they tell you is, is that Yahweh changed his mind. The Bible is no longer the truth, and now the Book of Mormon is the truth for today. That's what they tell you. Well, yeah, but the Book of Mormon ain't the truth here. I mean, later on, why, hey, Joseph Smith, he's sort of like uh, Dan Johns. He wants some strange pussy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, hey, here he was, you know, getting a whole bunch of it here. And essentially, uh, people got tired of his shit, and then they had a list to worthless bastard. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. I, I like I like you know Mormons are really nice people, but you know they're they're they're, they're essentially worshiping a made up book, and essentially a made up god. You know what I mean? And uh, they're pretending to be something that they're not here, which is you know it's fine. I mean they found out about Rustler quick enough and ditched him as soon as possible. But no, that's you know that's what. You know, that's what they have. And you have all these characters, Chris and Eddie, like, uh, you know, I mean, that's what I have against Michael Hill. You're allowed to murder too big. Essentially, you should know his past. And, you know, here you are letting him come in. He's just a murderous Jew pig who not only murdered a Puerto Rican snake thief who was due to be released in a day or so, but what happens is he induced some walk pig to go ahead and help him murder. And then he went and snitched out the walk pig. In return for a plea bargain, and they went ahead and destroyed the rock pig Doomer's uh, appeal. Deliberately destroyed his appeal by saying, "Well, hey, if you let Doomer's out because Doomer says that you know he wouldn't have killed that Puerto Rican if it wasn't been for me, well, I went ahead and pled guilty, and essentially I want I want my if you let Doomer's loose, you want, I want to be released too." So he deliberately destroyed Doomer's appeal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and here you have this character who's a snitch, a liar, a Jew, a murderer, a murderous pig. What the hell are you thinking by having this character anywhere near you? You know, I mean, essentially a vicious, a vicious drunken Jew, drunken Jew pig who essentially is a snitch. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. he, he's well named. I mean, you know, like Dewey Tucker says, well, all those people in prison, they know what a fink is. You know what I mean? And think, you know, think is good with his name here. Same with Billy Roper. I mean, shoot. You run around with Billy Roper, it's just like being a retard is running around with Jeff Poop Scoop here. You are going to get in trouble, and Poop Scoop ain't going to do a damn thing for you at all. 
I mean, in many cases, you end up having people like J.T. Reddy, you know, one you know, one quarter Jew at least here, who was essentially giving you illegal weapons, and then you get five or six years in prison for essentially dealing with J.T. Reddy or this, you know, grenade or whatever that he's given you to get you in prison here. Stay yep. away from people like that. Same way I was listening, and, you know, pretty well they are, you know, I mean, they are coming around to my point of view to where, guess what? Zog Babylon is doomed. Zog Babylon is doomed. I mean, you know, but, you know, I've been, I've been in the militia here, and I remember, you know, two days after Oklahoma City, there were some older wiser people says, "Well, Martin, we're not we're not going to play politics. We're not essentially we're not going to go ahead and turn our survivalist groups into a militia and show our ass and get in trouble." And I thought they were wrong. And it turned out within a year and a half they were right. I was the one who was wrong. So essentially, there wasn't very much to pull a plug on. What little there was, I pulled the plug on it. You know what I mean? Yep. It just became a Internet Seventh Missouri Militia here, you know what I mean? And I was looking yep. at stuff. Well, Seventh Missouri Militia is racist. Well, yeah, it's just me going ahead and you know creating. I still got it up on Remnants of my web page. But hey, uh, you know how are you going to go ahead if you're essentially a Kansas City Whigger and you are essentially buying SKSs for niggers to have? It's niggers who are dangerous. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're going to starve. So Muslims and Muslims and niggers and beaners, all these people are joining the militia, and I mean, it's just total integration. It's total race mixing. All the race yeah. mixing. All, I mean, it's just total. I mean, these wiggers are just begging to be destroyed because they want to be destroyed because they want to die. And so I'll I'll go ahead and cover a little bit. I you know, uh, pretty well the bowel movement. He's pretty well dead, and I was with Sarah Covington's last one. He's bitching and pissing and moaning and begging. Well, there's only two ways to make change. One is through the gun, and you don't have the balls to do the gun here. So I need money. And, you know, look, Harold, you're getting probably by now, you're probably getting fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year. It's enough to make a living. It's enough to go ahead and print your newsletter. It's enough to go ahead and send CD-ROMs. It's enough to do this. It's enough to do that. No shit, you know. Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're. You know, my movement mentor, James Lloyd, said, you know, said, well, he's a worthless son of a bitch, but my, that worthless son of a bitch can write here. And people, not just me, urged Harold to just go ahead and write movement fiction because that's what he's good at. He's good at, but still fiction here. I mean, it was fiction because here is actually skanky and shit. He knew she was, you know, and she went ahead and told him that she was a mess whore, and she told him that she used to be a social worker, and she used to tell him, she told him here, she whined about Carl Garst essentially scaring her, you know what I mean? And she whined about yeah. this here. You know, I mean, they knew she was a point actress. <laughs> so Carl, so Carl Garst had more sense to know to get rid of her than, than Harold Covington. Carl Garst knew she was, you know... No, what was piece of shit? Dan Clements here or Colonel House thought she was a spy. You know, she was. She was a spy. She was a spy. She was a spy. She was going ahead deliberately. She was deliberately going ahead and fucking not just Jews and niggers, but nigger Jews behind your back. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So don't and then making fun doing everything she could, doing everything she could to mock Harold Covington and his organization, make fun of him, undermine him, and totally destroy not his organization and bad, and badmouth him. Well, she got in. She got into the creators the same way here. There's this Joe the creator who was a wop something or another. Uh, essentially, yeah. he was. She was Jane Crow on his show. Yeah. So essentially, she hey, was. Whatever happened to Harold uh, uh, April Gade? Oh, the horse still running around in Calspell here, and I guess she was. Hey, what about her two daughters? Did they grow up to be mud sharks? The two daughters. Oh, someone goes ahead and posts a picture. Essentially, her one of her daughters was one of her daughters is. One of her daughters went ahead and married some wigger, and she has a white baby. And that's good here. Her other daughter is looking like a little punk rocker or whatever here. And I hope her daughter goes, oh, well. But I, I don't like April Gady because she's just simply a lying whore. She's just a lying whore. Yeah. You don't give a shit about the white race. It's just about showing her pussy, showing her pussy, showing her daughter's pussy. I mean, essentially, she's someone who goes ahead and uses, you know, she pimps out her own daughters. You know, I mean, I agree. You know, I, my friend, my friend at the nut house goes ahead and tells, you know, tells about this guy. You know, I used to call him, you know, you know, you know, named Larry, and I call him Larry Goofy. You know, that's close to his real name. I call him Larry Goofy. And Larry, I said, oh, Larry, you know, Larry Goofy knows everything about everything. I said, yeah, Goofy bastard. We used to argue about the Iranian, you know, rocket program. It didn't matter to Larry Goofy. Didn't really matter to Larry Goofy that I was actually in a tactical nuclear missile battalion, and so I mean I got to see and essentially tell these people how to target, you know, and where to go to fire these things, and you know the history of nuclear, you know, essentially missiles. I mean I actually knew something about it here, you know, because they all had no something about it. I was actually yeah. taught stuff. There was essentially classified information time. So I'm trying to explain to the Iranians to where they have, essentially they have the equivalent of a, they have equivalent of a Pershing-1 or a Pershing-2 missile here. I mean, but, you know, as far as the Koreans are concerned, you don't, you know, them, them, them little dog eaters, they, they, didn't, they didn't invest 25 years of development in two and a half years. What they did is that they got it from the damn Chinese here. So that's a good thing and a bad thing in that, you know, yeah, I mean, Trump can go ahead and threaten the North Koreans all he wants, but essentially it's the Chinese who are essentially using him as, you know, using North Korea as their little dog, just like we use, just like we use, what, or Israel use us as their bitch, you know what I mean? And same way as... But I do think, I do think North and South Korea may reunite, don't you think? I don't know. So you gotta understand this. I've heard that you know, I've heard from Koreans is that even South Koreans don't want to unite here because they look at North Korea as being pure Korean, whereas you know we've had niggers, we've had wiggers, we've had essentially Korean Korean whores for years and years and years. Essentially, they view North Korea as essentially a racial as a racial seed stock for them here because essentially North Koreans are pure Koreans. You know what I mean? You know, That's what I'm saying. So they probably want to reunite, you know I mean? don't they? It's like, look, no, all these other races. No, no, no. I mean, shoot. You got to understand is that this little, this little dog eater who's in charge of them, essentially he's yeah. just the grandson of a military dictator. 
you know, I'm King Kim Il Sung, yeah. who started, you know, who started a war, but said to reunite. But you know, the the South was essentially our puppet. And yeah. pretty well, I think I think that it's just all right. So you don't think, right so you don't, okay. So you don't think Kim Jong Jong Un really wants to give up control and reunite with the South? Any dictator gives up control, essentially, might as well just go ahead and go in and cut his own throat and have done with it. You, you, you know, there, there is no way. There is no way for a dictatorship to become a democracy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It don't ever happen that way. You know what I mean? Democracy can become a dictatorship, and that's what Zog Babylon is doing. But you know, no dictatorship becomes you know peacefully a democracy. You know what I mean? It don't happen that yeah. way. So, in any case, uh, yeah, I was listening to Zogbot Silly, and what happens is that here are all these people, and they are jumping on board the fact that Zog Babylon will implode, will, will, will be destroyed, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to become leaders of something, and none of these people have any ability of leadership here. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, and that's, that's what I keep on saying is decentralized, decentralized warlords here. And, uh, folks, I mean, it's a matter of carrying capacity. What happens is that you have to wear, you know, somebody doesn't have enough food now to take care of his children here. He sure as hell is not going to go ahead and want to feed niggers and beaners. or really like it when, you know, food's being taken out of his mouth to give niggers and beaners. So, essentially, you know, I I see the country being, you know, the, the empire being torn apart, and I love it. I love it. But essentially, yeah. you end up having Billy Roper, and essentially what he did is that somebody went ahead and gave him a talk show show, essentially, get, you know, have a talk show show just like that, and they had a roundtable discussion with Billy Roper, some guy from New England who's doing his own Arcadia, you know, warlords program, and Harold and the rest here, and... You know, I was listening to Hell come to his last podcast. He's whining that I need money. I need money. I need money. I've done as much as I can by myself. Well, Hill, you know, you know, I, I, I don't believe that you have security not after letting Axis Gank, you know, these other cards run wild. You know what I mean? And, you know, by the way, he's just like Bill Fink. He goes through, he goes through his people and those who are left. Oh, those those of those who will be good without me, they need to step up to a plate. So, is he giving Andy Donner an ultimatum? I don't know. You know what I mean? So anyway, we'll go ahead and talk about that later on the movement turn. It is ten fifteen, and we need to go ahead and close the show down. Okay. Okay. Hell, victory. We'll be we'll be back Thursday, Martin. All right, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and see you next time Thursday here. It's been a yeah, good long yeah, weekend. Yeah, Thursday we'll go ahead and uh, finish Chapter 100 to, to, and try to finish the entire book of any and the rest of it. All right, there's a few things I need to do here. So anyway, I'm going to call it night. I'm going to say, Hail Victory, may Yahweh bless, and good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 